So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside Michael Chicken Planning Crime Academy Dina. Hello, hello, hello. Along with Tracy Hutchins. Guten Tag. And Claude Lilford. Hey, howdy, howdy. And this is a special episode of Retrospect Reviews. Um, special in the case that, you know, today we're going to be talking about uh, probably one of the most important films, you know, ever in my opinion. Um, this would be 1989's Do the Right Thing, directed by, you know, the, the man, the myth, the author himself, Spike Lee. Um, and also alongside with that, um, I also want to talk about, just briefly, a documentary that I actually literally just watched a few minutes before we even met up online called Cup Watch, right? So little little background, a little explanation as to what's going on here, right? So um, as far as do the writing goes, right, I initially wanted to talk about this last year, you know, because the film itself celebrated its 30th anniversary last year. Okay? It came out, uh, I believe it's July the 12th, 1989. Right. So, you know, I want to talk about it for that time. But I don't know, like, I just felt like it wasn't the right time, me being a Trinidadian and not being able to, you know, relate to, you know, the issues that they talked about that the show addressed way back when. And, you know, you see the, you see different examples of it resonate over the, over the past few decades, right? So I just felt like, you know, maybe it just wasn't the right time for me to talk about this, right? And then, lo and behold, a few weeks ago, the time it's recording here, you know, George Floyd happened, right? And... Yeah. Yeah, it, it you know the the whole world just went insane and appropriately so actually, and you know it's just these protests and riots and all that kind of stuff um, in different states in the United now uh, in different states in the US. So I figured now is a good time as any to talk about do the right thing because yeah, twenty one years from now is still a relevant film and you know we we right. seen this right now, right which we'll get into it a bit. But as for the other film, that would be Copwatch. Um, this was, I believe, the final feature film to be screened at a little special online film festival called We Are One, right? So it's more or less like this conglomerate, if you will, of like all these different film festivals from all, the, all, all over the world, including like Tribeca, Cannes, you know, um, and basically, they were just screening um, shorts and VR films and feature-length films from a few years ago. Even some uh, interviews with, you know, um, filmmakers like Guillermo del Toro, Francis Ford Coppola, actors, you know, like Zhang Ziyi, Tessa Thompson, so on and so forth. Right. So I was keeping my eyes to it. You know, it had some. I had a few good films actually. One that I kind of recommended you guys to check out that would be Crazy Will. That's a Ugandan film. Right. Yeah, yeah, which is hilarious and just insane, but y'all need to check it out. But yeah, the, the last film that uh, was screened, well, actually, I saw it like literally a few minutes ago before we met up online. It's called um, Cup Watch, right? I just figured just talk about it briefly because, yeah, this kind of relates to what we're going to talk about here with, um, with Do The Writing. Yeah, so Cup Watch is a documentary directed by Camilla Hall. Um, it's centered on a organization called We Cup Watch, right? which began actually with a guy called um, Jacob. I uh, didn't get the surname. And pretty much he started off, you know, in the, well, pretty much the era, like the late era actually, when uh, when Cops was, Cops the TV show was still relevant, right? 
And he was kind of taking the role of, you know, he would just go around just documenting police activity. You know what I mean? If a guy is being arrested or being accosted by the police, he will just um, film it, right? And then just put it up online for people to see. And from there, no, he just took notice of other individuals who pretty much did the same thing, but they just did it off of their phones. So they zeroed in on three people who um, were involved in, you know, three cases that we, you know, that, that we are aware of actually through just social and cultural osmosis. So the first guy is David Witt from St. Louis, uh, St. Louis, sorry. He was the guy who pretty much filmed uh, Michael Brown, right? The late Michael Brown. Right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, second guy was Ramsey Orta. That's a name probably you guys would know about if you're familiar with the Aragona case, you know, what I mean? from, from right. Staten Island. Mm-hmm. And the last person yeah. is Kevin Moore from uh, Baltimore, actually, who pretty much filmed um, Freddie Gray when, you know, he was screaming in pain and then the police took him in and then they put out this report that, oh, you know what I mean, uh, because of this yeah, injury. Right. To his um, spinal cord, he died. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 yeah. And just <laughs> and they show all three videos though, and still to this day, still rough to watch, right? But um, what I like about this show Especially here is today. that, yeah, 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 exactly. Especially with the I can't breathe, you know, thing with um, what the state. Well, the I was gonna say statement. Um, the the I can't breathe, like what um, Ergana said, that pretty much became part of this Black Lives Matter, you know, thing that's going on here right now. So, um, the show itself, like I said, touches on these three guys, David Ramsey and Kevin. It's not so much about Jacob, even though he's a guy who started Wake Up Watch, but I like the fact that it he's he's just a guy who kind of opens the film that he just kind of starts it off. But it's really about these these three guys, and um, well. It doesn't zero in so much on what inspired them to, you know, to, to, to pick up their phone and, you know, hit record. It was just kind of instinct. Like, they, they came from, you know, um, environments where they know this thing is coming. And, well, yeah, these, these three guys knew the victims, right? Um, so it was just instinct. Let's just pull out the phone and see what's going on here, right? And I like yeah. the fact that they didn't stop there. It wasn't like, oh, well, we filmed this. That's it. I'm going to move on with my life. They somehow met each other, they formed this group, and essentially what it is, it's not just, well, at first you assume it's just about them following the cops around, every time um, they're arresting someone, they're just going to film, you know, <laughs> film them. Right. It's not like that, even though it gives the impression of that at first. Oh, and by the way, um, as far as, like, filming new stuff, um, they, well, they actually started off kind of old school, dude. Like, they ended up getting, like, these um, old... Okay, well, all by our standards, um, DB cams. Yeah, oh, if you remember DB cams, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I, 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 didn't I have one, but somewhere. I was. Oh, you do? Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, by by chance, Trace, so you used to use that in any of your like um videos or anything? Like that? I when I used to just randomly grab in the office and do random short films, very horrible, horrible short films. But I used to use the DB cam. It was a Sony. I think it was a Sony Handycam or something like that. It's, Floating around in a box somewhere. Right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So this is this is where the they, they started from. Um, 
well, I should say this is where we cup what started from because at right. first it was um, Jacob and David, right? So they met and then they started this group. They actually had this GoFundMe to <laughs> campaign going on to raise money to to actually fund what they're doing. Well, actually to buy the cameras that they will use later on. I thought that was like really cool, no? Um And then later on they would meet with Ramsey and um, and Kevin, right? And what I love about the show here is that. You know, at first you think it, it's just about these guys and, you know, what their they, they, sole purpose basically is just to keep an eye on the on the police. So, instantly I was thinking, well, this, this one phrase, well, one sentence, sorry, one question actually, um, well, you know, if, you, if you're Watchmen fans like I am, you know what I'm talking about, who watches the Watchmen? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, it's it's pretty mm. much that, right? It's pretty much. Right. Oh, we, we, we don't really trust, like, we, we know you have to protect and serve, but Ever so often, you all drop the ball. So we want to be there. Um, if even if it's just you arresting somebody or you just there, we're gonna just record you and we're gonna make sure to ask what your name is, what your right. um, what your number is, and all that kind of stuff. And of course, yeah. the police is just like, no, we're not gonna tell you nothing. But it's just like, well, no, we need to know. It's our consti- constitutional right to to film and to be aware of these things, right? So right. I dug that. But um, what I really love about the show here is it's not just about these guys watching the cops. It's about what they had to deal with after, you know, their friends passed away, right? Um, case in point, Ramsey Water, right? Um, who, after, you know, filming that 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 video, the, the police pr- um, practically came on him for, um, you know, for possession of drugs or selling drugs, actually, and um, gun possession, actually. So it was just wow. all these cases that they were throwing on him, too. And it was just like, yo, but I just film this thing that 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 the, the the world need to know about and now all you're digging up all this kind of stuff and you know what you, you, you're thinking it's like the police trying to free him and all that kind of stuff but it's kind of not but at the same time it does really it really does feel like some kind of big you know rebuttal now you know what i mean for mm-hmm. for what mm-hmm. went down you know what i mean it's oh yeah it's hard to ignore that and you know it's just the same thing with with pretty much everybody well not so much with with david actually um because he's just trying to build um cop watch with um with jacob right but with ramsey and kevin you know you see how the how that situation affect their lives um them being brought into court you know um certain um cops who were accused of the crime being let go and all that kind of stuff you really see how it just affected their lives um also all three guys are family men as well so you, you see just how their lives are you know what i mean so the show in a nutshell it's it's a cinema verity kind of show, right? You have your talking heads ever so often, but it's just mostly a camera just following these guys about um, just on their rounds doing what it is they're doing, right? They have moments where they have um, memorials for, you know, the, the deceased men. Um, I thought, you know, those were great moments as well. There's even a, a great moment, actually, where um, on one of the memorials where they're talking about, uh, you know, in honor of Ergana, um, two cops show up, right? A black and white cop, right? And they're actually talking to the black cop like normal man. He's aware of, well, you know, he appreciates what the guy's doing. Um, and, you know, he has it bad too because, you know, now he has, well, it's almost like the, the, the cops are being zeroed in for these kind of cases. But at the same time, they still have a job to do, you know what I mean? So um, right. I, I like that just self-aware moment that, you know, not all cops are bad basically, right? And the show itself does not see that. But at the same time, it's like, okay, people need to know about this. People need to know what to do if they if they ever come um if they ever um encountered by a cop or whatnot, right? They they, they should right. know how to handle themselves and not react in a way that will 
propel them, so to speak, to act violently, right? So it's those little things. Um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much what the the, the documentary is about. It's just really shining a light on these um, on these three guys, um, especially with Ramsey though. But his story is really, 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 really not tragic as stuff. But it's just one unfortunate thing after the next two, and you know, it's just a shame because of who he is and where he's from. But at that one moment, his friend was in trouble and he did what he did. So you think that you know life would have been fair to him, but you know. It's just how the cards were, were, were dealt in his favor, but that, that's all I'll say. But yeah, um, I'm not sure how anybody else could see this because this was just a one-time screening that they had on the We Are mm. One um, YouTube channel. So I was just lucky to just check that out before coming um, for me to appear. Does it, does it, does it, Netflix. Now I'll say it'll probably pop up on Netflix because most of these shows on it I see is sort of stuff that come on before anyway. Okay, 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 okay. Um, uh-huh. And... You're, you're right, you're right. Because, um, yeah, I mean, more people should, should check this out, actually. More people should see it, I should say. And um, even though it is about uh, two, three years old, um, it still resonates, though. And last thing I just want to say, though, before I get to Maritain, is that it kind of brings up the, 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 the point, or at least asks the question, um, if you were in their shoes, right, and you like right next door to where you 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 live and whatnot you saw the police do um you know manhandle a, a, a person right and right. They, they they're moving that way towards them they're close to death they, they're screaming i can't breathe or they're in pain and whatnot what would you do would you just run inside and just peek through your windows or will you be brave enough to just pull out your phone or your camera and just film that kind of stuff so right. the, the, the wow. show kind of suddenly ask that question it doesn't stop to be like oh well this is what you must do but yeah it's it's really something you should think about eh? like what would you do yeah, and, that, that um, standard effect kind of hard to get around yeah sorry the bystander effect kind of hard to get around you're thinking you're gonna do the brief really thing but most is. Is. yeah 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 that's, that's <laughs> fight or flight exactly yeah. yeah yeah fight or flight indeed yeah yeah so you uh-huh. really have to applaud these these three guys for for just acting you know what i mean and not even not even second guessing just doing it and just just for people to to know hey these these are what the cops are supposed to be protecting us these are what they are capable of doing and oh. um last thing i just want to say before i get to read it now but you know the, the way how the show is set up is almost like okay these guys film this stuff um i mean it's news they were they went into interviews and all that kind of stuff and okay, they're now part of Cop Watch. So now I'm wondering if the guy who filmed um, uh, George Floyd, uh, George Floyd's death, if he'll be right. a part of Cop Watch now. Maybe I don't know. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, this is a, a solid doc. I really appreciate it for what it is. Written wise, I'll give this a decent four to five, man. This is a absolute must see. I hope that you know, as Ricardo say, I hope it makes its way to, to Netflix or some other streaming platform. Because yeah, people need to see this. People need to be aware of this. And yeah, this this was solid. I highly recommend you check it out. Cool. I'd okay. give it like a few weeks maybe before it actually starts coming out to one of the other platforms or something. Because by mm-hmm. right now, messages like that are relevant and you would want to know and want to see. So they will more than likely, if they can, push it out to other platforms soon enough. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, this okay. should, this should. Like even 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 Netflix this month when they filtered in new content, especially at least on the U.S. Um, platform, they added Spike Lee's Malcolm X. They added The Help. They added um, Cry- 
Criterion announced that in the U.S. that, that there was a list of movies with black filmmakers about um, black issues that they announced that they took the paywall down off of. So right, no, I right. think that a lot of streaming services are going. Are, are, I, I, yeah, I expect this to get. I think it sounds like it'll get picked up pretty quickly because I think that a lot of different services are, you know, advocating for this kind of content at the moment. At least, at least to some of them, it's probably you know out of the goodness of their heart. Other ones, it's probably a question of kind of riding off the fact that it's a popular issue that everyone's talking about at the moment yeah 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 all right so let's jump in to do the writing right um as i said before speaking of speaking of things that are still relevant Uh (laughs) all these years later yes (laughs) yes yes indeed indeed and like uh, I said, as I said at the very beginning, I thought, well, you know, it's it's just a, you know, it's, it came out way back when, so I mean, it's relevant, but yes. is it really that relevant? And you know, oh, haven't yes. seen it just a few days before mm. recording this. Yeah, it, it it still is, man. So my my brief history with the movie, um, do the writing. Um, before we just get to your guys' histories with the film, right? So. I always heard of the film, but I just never got around to seeing it, right? I never really saw a lot of um, Spike Lee films. Like, I knew they, they were out theatrically, but I was too young to see them. Uh, with the exception of... Well, I think the first one I saw was Malcolm X, right? Which yeah, Ricardo yeah. and I, we will argue, is... is Well, okay, like, like you, Ricardo, you say this is, that is his best film, bar none. I say it's uh, Mark Opus. <laughs> yeah, I right. I um between this and probably Inside Man, I find as you two my two my two yes. favorite of his. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, Inside Man, I actually saw in, in theaters. Loved it. I love how even though it was your your heist drama, um, it's still yeah. my touch on Reese, but in a very smart way and not in yeah, a itself yeah. of the, the head kind of way. The plot for Inside Man is very clever. It it actually catch me. You know, when seeing it for the first time, I catch me off guard. Yeah, and of course the music <laughs> that I love though. Uh, well, is, is it the only movie <laughs> kind of address one of Spike Lee's bigger critiques of you know his early early filmmaking anti-Semitism? There. So <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Um, also, one thing I love about Inside Man was the score, by which is done by Terence Blanchard. And I always remember yeah. um, the theme of it, the theme song. Well, the main theme of Inside Man showing up at the end of uh, Black Landsman. I was like, wow, right, okay, yeah. and it yeah. fit totally fit. You know what I mean? I love that. But yeah, just just going back to to do the writing and Spike Lee, right? So actually, the first Spike Lee movie I saw was Malcolm X. I remember it showing on local TV. So yeah, yeah sat down. I think TV it was on an afternoon. Yeah, TV six. I think it was from one to like about five. Just sat down watching the whole thing, right? And that was my introduction yeah. to Spike Lee. And from there, that's when I sought out his other works. So I still haven't seen some of his um, you know, his joints as he calls them, as he calls his films, right? But I saw the major ones, right? Well, most of them actually. Yeah. Um, as far as Zudi writing goes, I remember seeing that on uh, BT. Um, they actually had it, well, of course, they had to censor the you know, language and all that kind of stuff. But I remember seeing it and being truly impacted by it. Like, like At first, it was just like, okay, this is what the big deal is about. Okay, I get this, right? And then, yeah. funny thing is, is that when I went into, um, well... You know, our version of film school, that would be, well, you know, the UE film program, uh, we were exposed to this film again. So I'll never forget, um, I, f- I forget which class it was, right? Um, it was basically a class where we had a clip of a film and we had to 
pretty much write an essay based off of a question asked about the scene. And that actually was, you know, the the big confrontation that happens at Sal's Pizzeria between um, between Radio Rahim and Bugging Out, which you'll get into against Salna. And, you know, I I think it's from there to where the fight starts and where it goes outside. And I'll never forget, like, we we had, like, these these MacBooks, sorry, uh, these, you know, uh, Maxner. So yeah, imagine yeah. just hearing a bunch of people clicking the same link. You're just hearing yeah. the, the same commotion, same noise, same noise. Even yeah. when, even though everybody had the headphones on, I just knew. I just hearing people all over the place. I, I remember I, another I, example. I remember another another clip being well, <laughs> a really a really memorable scene from a movie that he did, Shalom Godad, called Weekend. Right, and this is the the infamous traffic jam scene, which is basically this dolly of this dolly shot of just this long running traffic jam and it runs for about five to about eight minutes it is crazy but yo it is just amusing at the same time i remember it was like one of those two films were running there so yeah it was level noise before we even got around to writing stuff like that but long story short um around that period uh when i started to learn more about film that's where I saw the movie again, and that's when it really hit me. I really got into the technique and, you know, the stuff that he was doing, um, not just story-wise, but, you know, visually and musically and all that kind of stuff. And, yeah, over the years, the more I watch it, the more I love it. And right now, I actually own the Criterion DVD foot. Um, I'm hoping to upgrade it to Blu-ray, hopefully, uh, one day. But, yeah, this is, yeah, one of my favorite Spike Lee joints ever. Uh, Ricardo, your, your quick history with do the writing. Right, so I uh, didn't see it when it came out, obviously, because I would have been like four. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I do remember seeing it when I was around 12 on more than likely HBO or Cinemax, one of those. All right. It would have been right. played. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing it around there for the first time. Yeah, great film. Really, really works. Uh, to, to, you make the point about um, you not having a particular memory of it. Or, sorry, not being connected to it in Trinidad, but in Trinidad... Uh, yeah, we, we have our occasional police brutality moments. Um, yes, yeah, yes, most, we do. Yeah, mostly to do it, mostly to do it like just a guy getting out of hand and the police, you know, don't disrespect me kind of bullshit. And well, when I was in A levels, I think I remember hearing a guy getting killed by the police in San Fernando. It's something along the lines of, I think he had like a slight mental health problem. They didn't know how to handle it, and I think one of the officers hit him in the back of the head with a with a baton, and he died from that. Jeez, wow. Yeah. That was like that was like a real big thing in, in Sando at the time. Uh, right. So it's, it's stuff like that. You always hear these stories. I, I've never been part of these stories or or you know, didn't see them myself. But you always hear these these little occasional things of you know police abuse in the in the um in the country now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the film, yeah, the film does workably resonate for me at least in that sense. Um, you know, just just the you know, police just not knowing how to escalate. It doesn't really matter if the person or the perpetrator um you know, engaging in bad behavior because, like, we'll we'll talk about that. Uh, but you know, the, you know, as I say, you, you deserve a punishment. You don't deserve that. Um, sorry, you okay. know, as it and yeah. that the, the the film does address this. So, and we're gonna get to the central point about how, yeah, you have people who are civil servants. They should be trained better and how to handle these things, and yet they don't. Right? For for whatever reason, they just can't um, de-escalate a situation, and and people keep justifying and excusing this nonsense. Um, and if the film nails that perfectly, it nails how police handle what was dealing in the inner city in New York in, in the late 80s, um, mm-hmm. 70s, 
Mm -hmm. and that kind of stuff. And pull that really, really well. Yeah, so that's just my kind of take on the, uh, my case on the, the, and my history on the, the film. Right. Uh, Tracy, what's your history with Do The Right Thing? Uh, I came into to do the right thing late. I, I might have been in my uh, early twenties or somewhere around there. Um, for me, it was it was kind of weird in terms of like Spike Lee was one of those directors who was always floating around in terms of movies that I that I would watch. So like you, I had that same experience of watching Malcolm X on local television. Um, and I have <laughs> the DVD for Insight Man, and I think um, I think he did uh, Love and Basketball, which I absolutely adore. Oh, uh, he didn't direct that film, actually. He didn't uh, direct it. He no, may he have been involved in it, though. Um, so, I'm not too sure, but... Right. Yeah. So, so okay, so so in, in that light, it's not a lot of Spike Lee um, pieces that, I, that I've actively taken in. However, when I did sit down and watch uh, Do the Right Thing, you know, this was like long after, um, like I said, I'm in my 20s at the time. Um, and so Rodney King would have happened and yeah, all, that sure. sort of, all that sort of thing. So for me, uh, seeing how this played out and the memory of what I would see on TTT or TV6 when they would go to Los Angeles and show the riots and show... The, the 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 actual Rodney King beating and the police officers involved and all that kind of stuff. It really made me angry. Um, and I thought I was, you know, fine and calm and everything. It's only recently, I, I was, for this review, I, I went back to watch Do the Right Thing again. And right. I realized I still have some of that, like, this shouldn't, like, this is still resonant and it should not be... Uh, for want of a better way of putting it, like I feel like it shouldn't be a thing. Like I feel like a, a, in, in 2020, we should have moved forward. We shouldn't have to mm. be like, oh my God, this shit is still happening kind of vibes. Um, right. the, you know, the, 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 we'll go into detail, but for me, Do the Right Thing kind of works on like about six different levels and I really enjoyed it. I really love it. Right. I myself right. at some point in time will get the DVD. Yeah. All right. So last but not least, Claude. Your history with Do the Right Thing. So, uh, it took uh, Spike Lee's one of those filmmakers that I got into a little later, I think. The first film of his I watched was Black Klansman, mm -hmm. actually. Right. And, which and, which made it to your best decade. I never forgot that. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, masterpiece. No, um, it's it's um, great. It's great, though. I just oh, really, I just yes. personally need to rewatch it, though. Uh, I wanted to for this review, right. but time now. So, yeah, continue. Oh, yeah. But like, so that was his first, and that was the one because like I I had known about him in kind of an abstract sense, but never gotten around checking out his work. Uh, Black Klansman came out, and I saw that and loved it to bits. And that got me to watch more of his his stuff. The second of which was Do the Right Thing, right? Right. And then uh, and then after that, Jungle Fever. Still watching more of his work, especially mm -hmm. since Netflix and a bunch of other platforms have made more of his stuff available of late. Um, the Five Bloods comes yes. out in a few days now, mm -hmm. and I am yeah, hype. Oh my yeah. god! It, it, it better be good. It's, it's like it's like a two and a half, roughly a couple um couple hours and a half long. Eh? It had to be with it. <laughs> That's oh, all. Yeah, yeah, like I I love Vietnam War films. I See love me? Spike Lee. 
Spike Lee doing a Vietnam War film. I'm 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 there. Dude. I was hyped when he was posting pictures of that on his Instagram. But I love to do the right thing. I I have the Criterion DVD. Got to get it out of get to get it out of its plastic to watch it for mm-hmm. to to refresh myself with it for this review. Um, still doing more of his stuff. Um, I think because I know that um the Son of Sam movie he did is on Hoopla. The um. Inside Man and Malcolm X are currently on Netflix. So I'm I'm planning to check out more of his stuff, especially in the coming months, since right. it's all available yeah. at the moment, and I'm getting more into yeah, it. So, yeah, yeah. I just hope the Five Bloods is not Miracle in Santana all over again. Um, yeah, I yeah. I, I I heard things about it. I heard it wasn't good at all. <laughs> oh, no, it, like, was, okay, nope. it was it was an okay movie if you don't know the history. <laughs> That's the problem. It is. Oh dear. Okay. Because okay. like, I know the man, I know I know he does do his um misfires like he had that remake of old boy that i've heard yeah, nothing which, which like, yeah. why do? Uh, not, i do i just always i just always felt like he did it for a paycheck that was my take on why not you the, make old boy to begin with yeah it was it was so flat and it totally missed the point of why why the original work like he, he right. it was a total missed opportunity that's all i'll say about that and then he had okay. stuff like the, the sweet blood of jesus which i felt could have worked but it just fell flat as hell as well that's right, kind of right. Yeah. Um, I like Chirac, but a lot of people don't like Chirac. So I, I, I dug Chirac. I, I, I thought that was like a return to form. I have to thing. watch that. Yeah, that to me that was like, that was a return to form. Was like, like this. Yeah, in my opinion, yes. Yeah, I thought it was a return to form as well. Yeah, the the the, the confrontational, provocative Spike Lee, not the yeah. oh, let's do a you know a remake of a old black exploitation horror film and call it the Sweet Blood of Jesus. Ah, yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. It was it was like that. You know what I mean? Uh, but right. this last thing I just want to mention too. I mean, we, we've mentioned some of his great hits, but you know, he also had some decent films. While you know, you, you, you call out Jungle Fever, that's one that still resonates with me, oh. especially with its touch <laughs> on well, you know, colorism, the shadism, and then also right. you know, oh, yeah. interracial relationships. And I just love the fact that he asks these questions, but there's no answer. You know what I mean? And just these oh, yeah. Stevie the soundtrack, but brilliant. Oh, I love flames. it. Absolute yeah. flames, absolutely flames. Mobetta Blues. Great right. film, you know what I mean? Not one of my yeah, all-time yeah, yeah. favorites, but as far as bringing jazz to the, you know, bringing jazzy 90s at work, um, Crooklyn was a nice coming-of-age film. I really dug that. Um, Cluckers was pretty good as well. I haven't uh, rewatched right. that in quite a while. Um, Get on the Bus, that's one of his underrated films, in my opinion. Mm. Same thing for He Got Game. Um, really right. dug 25th Hour, one of the best performances from um, Edward Norton, bar none. Right. And... Yeah, just, I mean, the man has been putting out work, right? I mean, yeah, I he think, have a couple of misses, but he's been putting think, out some, some solid work, man. I think the big one I'm curious about um, as well is the one he did about the, because he did that one about the Son of Sam murders as well. So right, it's one of yeah. his more, it's one yeah, of his more underrated uh, ones. Some I of seen Sam, that. which I saw, and I remember there was some big controversy about, oh, well, I think it's about how Italian-Americans were portrayed in this, because it was right. mostly Italian-Americans in this um and, oh, yeah. you know, it was yeah. stereotypical take, or something like that. I think that was the issue. Right. Yeah. And he take, he take a lot of heat. He take a lot of heat for Mo Better Blues as well, for, for the portrayal of, um, you know, of Jewish Jewish caricatures. Because uh, John yeah, Turturro... Yes, John Turturro shows up in that. Yes, yes, yes. Not yes. a Jew. John Turturro is not Jewish. And, yeah, it's like, it, it, when you look at it, it's like, it's a little, little sketchy. Um, yeah. But, <laughs> I don't think me with, with, with Inside Man in my opinion. Hello. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. All right, all right. So without wasting any time, let's jump into do the right thing, right? Which 
is the third feature film from um, from Spike Lee. This was right after um, another underrated gem of his called Schoolies. I remember seeing that. Um, right. I think it was on BT, but uh, I, I really want to see like the full on gut version. Um, but it was like this nice mix of college drama, but you had your musical. It was a musical comedy drama, basically, right? But it was just set in this high school. I remember Tisha Campbell was in it. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne was in it. He had the whole yep. wake up thing in the end, which kind of shows back up here. But I'll get to that in a bit, right? Um, it's written, produced, directed by Spike Lee. Um, cinematography was done by Dennis Dickerson. And it was pretty much inspired by, a, well, the event, um, well, the Howard Beach event, right? So the Howard Beach event pretty much was centered on a guy called Michael Griffith, who actually was from Trinidad, right? Huh. Who, oh, wow. who was a yeah he was a he was an immigrant. Um, he moved to the states in eighty three in seventy three actually, mm-hmm. and he well basically he was killed after being hit by a car um, as he was chased onto a highway by a mob of white youths who had beaten oh, him and God. his friends. Yeah, um, him and his well two other guys well Willie Turks and Yusuf Hawkins. Yeah, they they died at the hands of well these white uh, white kids right. Um, and that pretty much, and it happened um, near a pizzeria actually. So yeah, that that that, that pretty much um, inspired. Well, yeah. you know the events of do the writing, right? Right. Wow. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and the funny thing about that, uh, well, I'll touch on it later on. Is how the show brings up the name Howard Beach, or brings up the term Howard Beach, and right. you know it's something that that happened in real life, right? You know you would, you know Spike Lee wouldn't just throw it in the film just like that. But when you actually find out what it is about, it's like, oh, okay. That that's why it's such a big deal. That's why Spike had to make a movie like this, right? So yeah. Um, so first off, we get the iconic intro, of course, mm. set to Public Enemies, Fight the Power, voted <laughs> by VH1 as the greatest rap song of all time. I totally agree. I love, 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 love that song. I love the album it's from to uh Fear of a Black Planet. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you haven't listened to it, give it a look. But yeah, yeah, that song still still knocks us, they do. The energy that went into it, you know, Chuck these powerful vocals, um, you know what I mean? Flavor Flav doing his thing, you know what I mean? I dug that, right? But what I love about the intro here is, well, Rosie Perez, right? <laughs> Her right. dancing and, well, what, what they said right. there. A very, um, a very, a very proto-JLo fly girl Rosie Perez, right? Yes, yes, yes. It's mm. a good thing to bring up that too because... Yeah, she would handle choreography for the Fly Girls in, in Living Color, right? Yeah. The following year. Yeah. Like, oh, okay, this is this is like where it all started from. Okay, okay. And um, what, what I like, though, is that, well, actually, Spike says it in the, um, well, Spike and Ernest says it because um, they were on the commentary track on the, you know, for Do the Writing Criterion um, DVD, right? Uh, they were trying to emulate old school musicals, right? So you know the whole sound yeah. stage, them like right. it's not well in this case another character tap dancing or doing some kind of number, but it's Rosie Perez pretty much dancing to the music, right? And I love like how well basically the backgrounds, which is like you know basically like brownstones or you know buildings with graffiti on it, you know just Brooklyn stuff, like stuff that represent Brooklyn, right? And it was just basically like these slides they just had for you know, these moments. Um, so it wasn't like, they, they tried to do rear screen projection, but it didn't really work. So you just kind of projected yeah. like these slides. Now. So that's how it looked. Um, also, another thing I, I dug was, you know, the use of light in the scene here. Because it's yeah. seen like warm colors, you know, um, a lot of browns and, sharp uh, you know, sharp reds and all that kind of stuff. So 
perfect way to open the film. And of course, it's right after, you know, school days. So it's like, yeah, you know, Spike's still doing the musical stuff. So I really love that. Uh, quick, right. quick correction for me. Is the person, the same costume, the dad costume person as Root Carter. Is the same Root Carter from Black Panther? Yes. Yes, you're right. Uh, you know, Oscar winner, Root Carter. Long, that long overdue Oscar. That long overdue yeah. Oscar. I know, right? <laughs> but yeah, but I mean, yeah, this show has a lot of big names in this world. I mean, names who have gone on to Stein and work yeah. on, you know, other great right. films. So yeah, when I saw costumes by Root Carter, I was like, well, what do? Okay. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, 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 I punched the air. I, I completely punched the air and I was like, hell yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. And just one last thing I just want to mention about the song Fight the Power itself, right? So Spike uh pretty much had Public Enemy redo the song for it. Oh really? Yeah, right. yeah. So this what we hear what we hear in the film is actually the second draft. <laughs> okay. Because okay. yeah, yeah, the first draft yeah. Spike here is like nope. No, no, no. Do it over again. Because, and he he brought up a real good point. Okay, he had this song pretty much like, what, 20 plus times in his show. So, right. the song had a knock, right? So, they went back. And what we got here was, you know, the song that we know and love, right? I was like, wow, boy, that's that that's when you know you have clothes. That's when you know you have clothes. Huh? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, Spike Lee makes artistic t- um, suggestions. You you absolutely listen. Like, you sit up and listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rosie Perez, uh, in an article, an Entertainment Weekly article, had said uh, that that dance sequence, that opening sequence, it was eight hours, quote, eight hours of doing the same dance. Uh, she says wow. she developed tennis elbow from throwing those punches. Um, wow. Because, so, <laughs> like, Spike That's would come commitment. back. Just, yeah, yeah. Huh. Uh, so it was, it, she, 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 she jokingly says, you know, she still hates Spike for doing it, but they laugh about it. The idea of eight hours of doing the same oh, dance. Right. So yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah. That, that is, that is That's some cool shit, though. Like, <laughs> Absolutely intense. I think what I love about the intro as well is that, because obviously, like, an intro, especially like intro opening credits, you gotta set the tone, and given how much yeah. of an in-your-face movie um, "Do the Right Thing" is, it sets the tone so well because literally the visuals and the music just kind of explode onto the screen, and then you know we're off, and it sets yeah. that tone so well. <laughs> it does, it does, it does. Speaking of Stanley Kubrick, following yeah. shot have a has a very you know, Kubrick-esque, you know, style to it, you know what I mean, with the slow zoom out, right? And we open with, well, early, well, young Sammy, Samuel Jackson, right? Who plays yeah. uh, Mr. Senior Love Daddy, right? Ooh. And, you know, just drawing the same team from, um, from school days that wake up. Wake up! Wake up, wake up, wake up! Up you wake, up you wake, up you wake, up you wake! And I just love how it just starts off on his on his uh, on his lips. You see the microphone and you see the um the, the clock near to him and it just kinda slowly zooms out. I just see well he, he works at this small little um this well real, real this small little radio station slash studio in on, on the block itself. I thought that was really cool. Like I, I just always love the idea of this guy just working right on the street right there. So he's seeing everything and he's just pretty much um delivering the soundtrack to their lives. I thought that was like really, really dope, right? Mm-hmm. Um he's the host, sorry, he's the well, I guess the only GG actually for We Love Radio One One O Eight FM. 
last on your right. dial, first in your heart. I love that. I yeah. always like I like what he says, and that's the truth. Root is love yeah. that. Love <laughs> that, right? Um, I love this in terms of late 80s black representation and empowerment where you see like inside of a studio see seeing posters of you know public enemy keith sweat right. with houston you know what i mean all that kind of yeah. stuff right and you get the setup because he's saying you know um today's forecast hot right so pretty much it's a saturday right well one of the hottest days of the year um i always had it in mind that it was like the first day of summer but it actually isn't but i don't know i just yeah. always had it in my mind like oh well this is the setup like this is right. where everything kind of begins on the first day of summer but whatever all right um right. i just love cinematography wise how you know just the how it highlights all the stresses and how hot the place is right um the, the colors that they use um uh, for the bronzes all that were exaggerated but slightly exaggerated so it's very bright um, browns and oranges and reds and all that kind of stuff just to give the impression that, yeah, the place is really hot, right? Um, another character that, well, who's, who's introduced here is the character of Smiley, right? Who, right. I'll never forget the first time I saw the movie, I was like, I, I don't really know if, if, I, if I dig in this guy, if I dig in this character. Because um, this guy who's played by Roger Guinevere Smith, Maybe he showed up in a, in some other films, but I can't remember right now. I just always remember Smiley. He stutters, right? And yeah, he's yeah. always walking around with the, these pictures. Well, one picture in particular of uh, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, you know what I mean? Just together shaking right. hands. And he has this marker and, you know, he, he's there talking about, this is Malcolm X and this is Martin Luther King. Yeah. for rights and we need to fight against apartheid. Because, yes, it's elite 80s, guys. So, yeah. Apartheid this was is, still this, this is the topic of the this is this is the topic of the time. <laughs> I think he has that line where he says um, uh, that that Martin and Malcolm are are dead, but we have to still fight. Yes, we still have yes, to yes. fight. Yeah, yeah. And that was, that was such a great moment. Eh? But like like I said, first I was like the stuttering thing. Do ah, I don't know? I don't know? I don't know? But over the years, I get, and I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that. Um, the actor played him like that. Like, I, I, like I'm not sure if he was written to be like that, but he right. kind of did the stuttering thing, and it's like, okay, like Spike was like, oh, that'll be cool if you just play a character like that, right? Just don't quote my name. I believe that's how it went, right? Um, <laughs> a dog, well, Mookie, who plays, who's played by Spike Lee. I know. Well, we could kind of argue for these as to, well, you know, what I mean, did you need to be in your own film? You know, we I mean? all that kind of stuff, but <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Man, cinema, I'm, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it. I think that man, he... the man get to be the man get to be Rosie Perez's baby daddy, right? So you know, that, that yeah. clearly he, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, the man that... was still growing as a as a as a filmmaker, Jed. So I mean, why not, right? Why why not be in your film? He was on. Uh, he, he was in School Days. I believe he was there. He was in Jungle Fever. I remember that for sure. Yeah, but I mm-hmm. nice, nice, nice. They call him Charles Foster Kane, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Him yeah. him doing his Austin Wells shit, right? Oh, yes, and he was also in More Better Blues. He was also in uh, Malcolm X. He was actually Malcolm X's friend when he was red, you know, back yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was cool. But yeah, does, you know he, I mean? does he ever Since, act in other people's movies? Um, or is it only his own? You know, that's a really good question. Yeah, you know? I, I feel like I he probably did that. appear. I think of... I'm distracted because I have no good memory of that, to tell you the truth. All right. Well, I'll, I'm looking right now, and huh, mostly, mostly the films that he directed. He 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 started. 
Yeah. He he probably made a, well he made a couple of appearances on, on TV shows. Uh well one in particular being She's Gotta Have It, which is still on mm-hmm. Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Um which actually was a really solid TV show though. Well, there's a TV version of his well his debut feature, right? Um right, which right. was cancelled after the second season, but I don't that's know. I, I, I still don't know what it was. Yeah, yeah, that's that's Netflix, right? <clears throat> but yeah, um I love Mookie's intro where basically He's on his bed, just counting money. You know, he's like 20, 40, 60, 80. I love the lighting for this, though. The kind of orange-red, um, you know, uh, window curtains that he has. <clears throat> Sorry, not window curtains. The windows that he has, actually. The, the tint on them. I thought that was really cool. But I just love, just from a character intro, he's on his bed counting money. And that pretty much is his character. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just gotta get paid, you know. What I mean, that's that's pretty much his that's MO throughout cool. the entire show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'll actually, I, I actually I kind of agree with him, but I'll tell you where I agree with him, right? But moving on, right? So, um, of course, you know, Spike Lee being a big MJ fan, you know, he had to have the 23 vests on, you know, what I mean, so yeah, but it's, yeah, but, um, but it's, it's, it's a New York jersey, <laughs> right? Right, 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 exactly. <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? We could argue about his acting in the show, but I think for what the the, the, the story required of him, yeah, he he was solid. He was solid, right? Yeah, um, also, yeah, also uh, we see Spike's sister, um, Joy Lee, right, who plays Jade. Yeah. She also shows up. She also showed up in a few other um, Spike Lee joints. I remember she was in Crooklyn. Um, yeah. I think she was in Malcolm X. I'm not too sure, but I know she was in Jungle Fever and Crooklyn. I know that for sure. And she also was in She's Gotta Have It. She was Nola Darlin's mom, actually. I remember that. <clears throat> well, the yeah, first time she... I saw... Sorry. The first, the first time I saw it, I actually thought she would have, was, like, the girlfriend or, or, or something along those lines. And then... Thank you. I, yes. Yes. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> What's it that I learned? I was like, you know, when you, when you look at it, right? And, you know, the, the first shot of her is her sleeping. And then he comes up right next to her by a cheek and, you know, playing with her ear and tell her to wake up and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's it's easy to think. You know, <laughs> easy could yeah. Like if you didn't know that she was Spike's own sister, like you would have swear that was his girlfriend or not. Yeah. But right. you know, you see, his girlfriend is later on in the story. But I thought that was kind of interesting introducing them like that, right? But um, yeah. basically, they live in the same brownstone together. Um, they don't see it actually in the film, but there's a great behind the scene of um, the making of the show on the Criterion DVD where she mentions that um, she was where she works at a store or something like that. But they don't ever bring up where she works. Now. It's just right. Mookie and, well, wh- what you're going to get into right now, he works at um, Sal's Pizzeria, right? Which is yeah. like the sole, you know, big pizza joint over at um, at Bedford Stavison, right? That 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 road basically, right? Um, and then from there, we introduced to the character of Sal, played by the late, great Danny Aiello, right? Um I just love the the intro, like when he comes on, right, with the Cadillac, and you hear the three guys, the three old black guys, like woo, you know, be look at that Cadillac, man, man. I wish I had, I had a ride like that, man. I was interesting about that though. Is like you know, usually like if you look at <clears throat> at um, especially like seventies films, um, you know, black exploitation films. Mm-hmm. When the like, it's one perfect example is the Mac, right? You know, cult classic, right? As soon as he, well, you know, the, the main character being a pimp, right? As soon as he gets the, the car lock, you know, he has these two kids like, oh, you know what I mean? I want to give me a car like that, right? 
So to have three old black men basically comment on an Italian American's car, you know what I mean, as opposed to a black man. That, that, that was pretty interesting. This kind of subtle moment, right? But yeah, anyway, so um, we, we see Sal, we see his two sons, Pino, who was played by, you know, John Totoro, very young. Um, and also Vito, played by Richard Edson, who was swear so in another film, but I can't remember for the life of him. I don't know, I just I'm always same. associate him with <laughs> Vito and do the writing. And this never um, um, saw him in anything else, right? Anyway, right. So basically, Pino is the older brother to Vito, right? And I just love how they just kind of set up the family dynamic where Sal tells him, Pino, get a broom and sweep up front. Hmm. Vito, get a broom and sweep out front. Huh? Get a broom and sweep out front. What? Get a broom and sweep out front! See, Pop, it's just what I was telling you. Every time you tell Pino what to do, he tells me to do what you told him what to do. <laughs> it's, a, it's a brilliant way of establishing their dynamic and also yes. the fact that Vito has no chill whatsoever. <laughs> yes. None. Yes. And one thing I love, love, love about this show is how tight-knit everything is. So right. while you're seeing um, Vito on the car, on the car like, Right across the street, you see the the, the, the Korean joint, right? Um, the um, the fruit and veg shop that yes. he owns, right? And yeah. while you, you see the owner, the Korean guy outside, you also see Smiley buttering him. Or I think he's either buttering him or his wife or something yeah. like that. So you just see how close everything is. Like it's literally you just turn your back and you're seeing a, a character or you're seeing a place. Right? Yeah, everything is everything is basically one block, right, or two blocks. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, essentially one block. Well, yeah. Um, I really, really dug that. And one thing that, well, in terms of character development, Pino comes in and says, you know, he hates the plates. Um, he detests it like a sickness. I always love how um how Sal comes like You detest this place like a sickness? I mean, that's that's like really hate. That's hate. <laughs> and Sal ends the scene by well, he sees it as a joke, right? But just in terms of editing. I'm going to kill somebody today. Boom. Cut to the next scene. I was thinking, I, I was thinking, I was, I was, you know, it's brilliant. I was thinking about this rewatching it. There's something about the way that Spike Lee directs dialogue that reminds me a lot of Martin Scorsese. And it's one of those things you don't notice right away until they're both dealing with Italian Americans. And then, yeah. <laughs> well, well, Spike is there huge, it is. huge, inspired by, um, by Scorsese, like oh yeah, you can yeah. tell you can tell Scorsese is one of his heroes, especially oh, with definitely. the New York worship, like showing New York for what it is, and that's the um, city becomes a character in and of yes, itself. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Mm. And that block, like that, like by the time the movie's over, you know that block, you know everyone on it, and like we, like you were saying, that it's this tight knit community and everything's interwoven, everyone knows each other, and you get that great. Uh, sense of that by the time the movie's over because that block has almost become a character in and of itself because of the way that Lee shoots it and all the people on it and everything. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In terms of, of Sal and, and, and the story and everything, does anybody else got that feeling of um, benefactor? So it's not just for one of a better way of putting it, he, he runs the, the, pizza, the pizza shop but he has a, an almost kind of benefactor sensibility towards him like i'm being nice to everybody right. I'm, I'm, you know I'm, so it's not like if he's inherently what we would call uh 
a bad guy or a, or, a, or or he's doing everything out of sheer love out of it. But there's a there's a quasi benefactor sensibility about him that I was watching right. it over again and I was like, okay, what? That's well, it, uh, the the one thing I noticed with him is he set up um, his relationship with uh, is implied that he kind of know Ozzy Davis's character the mayor mm-hmm. a while now. Yeah, and he kind of right. he himself lived through more than likely lived through uh, civil rights era. So mm-hmm. to him, he had much more working at, at least a lot likely better relationship with with black people than his son. His son have no memory of any of that. Um, that's, oh, that's, so that little dynamic I, I kind of get and piece together from it. Just watching it over, it's like, oh yeah, right. I want to listen it. Like you know, that's yeah, how I know. Yeah. It's all yeah, part. Yeah, yeah. But the Davis character is pretty interesting. Like you know, his history with the, with the neighborhood and all of that going through. Now. It is. It yeah, is. Man, yeah. Well, he is. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, <clears throat> well, well, speaking of, you know, Ozzy Davis, you know, rest in peace. Um, yeah, he's one of the, the, the other characters who shows up here, right? Um, another character who shows up, well, just so happens to be his wife, right? Also rest in peace, Ruby D, right? Who plays right. mother sister. And I just love the dynamic between the two of them, right? I, I love the the nuances, you know, given to the characters. Mm-hmm. And the, the mm-hmm. idea is like... They are like this old married couple, even though they're not married, but they will right. argue and bicker with each other. And, and you can tell a, that there's a, a little romantic tension going on between you two. Right. Oh, definitely. And she make a, yeah, she makes a little line about she reminds me of. She, she, he reminds me of her ex-husband. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and I, I, that, I don't know. I just love the character of the mayor, do you? I mean, yes, he is the, the neighborhood drunk, right? But I love right, like right. The, the moment where yeah, he's talking so. to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love how he kind of curtsies and tips his hat and, and stuff like that. The whole nice he talks to um to to mother um to mother sister oh, though. Sister. And I love her moment where she she berates him and he's like, you know, be careful there. You know, I mean, we don't have much time left. Just paraphrasing here. But I just love those back and forth moments. And another thing, well, this little technique that he uses, uh, Dutch angles though, when it comes yeah. to <laughs> two characters. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah. I, I I would presumably from mother sister's perspective because she sees him as a threat like oh who's just, this guy you know i mean this drunk guy trying to hit on me you know <laughs> that kind of stuff so yeah that, so that, was, that thinking, was the spot. yeah no i was thinking about that like it was it was one of those it was one of the two movies i watched last week where i was like man this 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 was made before battlefield earth huh this was this was made <laughs> before the dutch angle kind of fell out of fell out of style for a bit <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh Lord! Oh, the, the Dutch angling in in battlefield, it by my God! Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! That's an endurance test, not a movie. Yeah, boy. Right. So remind back me to, to the... bring that up when we talk about Batman Forever. We'll do. Oh, we'll wow. do. We'll do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because oh, Schumacher, Schumacher, do he fear of of Dutch angles too? Because eh? oh, you know boy. he joined from you know the the old Batman series, right? But anyway, um. Right. So get back to the um to the mayor, right? So you know, as as it brought up, um, Ricardo, the relationship between him and Sal, right? So when he comes in, it's like, uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll sweep the front for you because clearly yeah. V two and you know, don't want to do it. I know he's like, you're gonna have the 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 um the the cleanest the cleanest spot in Brooklyn, all that kind of stuff. I love that moment, yeah, right? Right. And then oh, yeah. Pino comes in, is like, Pop, I don't believe this shit. You run welfare or something? Every day you give this Azu Pep a dollar. What's Azu Pep? Where's this Azu Pep? The man ain't no Azu Pep. Every day you give this Azu Pep a dollar for sweeping our sidewalk. What do we pay Mookie for? He don't even work. I work harder than him and I'm your own son. Also, because, you know, this show is just all about characters and, well, actors playing them. Uh, we see a young Martin Lawrence, though. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, yes. yes <laughs> Very yes, young yes. Martin Lawrence. Ears was still big, and yeah, for some reason he have a lisp, which is funny. <laughs> but Seeing Martin Lawrence. Is... My, my brain for a hot minute, take a hot minute to pick up that, you know, Giancarlo Esposito is in this movie. I forget Cleanio is in this. Yo! Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, I never forget <laughs> that, but yeah. yeah um, like, one of his daily rules, actually, yeah. Uh, but before we get to it, right, so, yeah, Martin is three friends. Uh, well, I remember, well, you know, Ahmad played by Steve White. Um, Ahmad yeah. will show up later. And it's just, be, they're just basically the, the teens, right? They're just kind of knocking about, just finding shit. Well, not really having anything to do, but they're just about, right? I just love that uh, aspect of the film, that characters just kind of show, show up, just kind of come in and out of the story, basically. They don't really have a big role to play, but they're just there because they're, 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 they're characters in this in this world right um it's very slice of life that way yes yeah. yes 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 it's very like someone asked me to describe the plot of this movie at one point and i was like it's really just kind of a slice of life movie a day a day the, on the this intellect. particular block culminating right. in this big event yeah, yeah 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 so we're gonna get to um to esposito in a bit right so while while you see the the, the, the four teens talk and stuff like that, we introduced to uh, well the central character of the movie, Ridu Rahim, played by Bill yeah. Nunn, rest in peace. Um, and essentially what he is, he's just an uneducated young black man who pretty much walks around all day with his boombox playing Fight the Power, and that is like one of my pet peeves, my, my, my musical pet peeves though, hearing his song over. <laughs> over and over and over and over right. like a whole day straight you're like I can't do that you're, that shit just annoys yeah. me right and <laughs> I, I love like when he comes in like when he shows up he just stand up and he just hold any boombox and everybody just watch him like you the man I'm just visiting what's your world G for real in a big motherfucking way so that boy's living very large even walks in stereo <laughs> little P.E.'s in full effect <laughs> radio Raheem like a motherfucker <laughs> And it's just like, yo, we have to show this man respect because, you know, the guy's big, right? The man's tough already. So you don't want to get in this way, right? I dug that. One of the, well, okay, so the show touches a lot on, well, racism and stuff like that, right? So a moment I actually forgot happens, and yeah, it, it really did impact me, actually, is where the mayor goes to um to the Korean shop, right? He's looking for a Miller right. High Life, um, you know. Oh, yeah, Lord. He, yeah. And he, yeah, he just goes in on, on these guys that are like, um... Oh look, doctor, this ain't Korea or China or whatever. You get some yeah. Miller High Life in the fucking joint, right? And it's like, jeez, boy. But yeah. when you think about it, oh, like, it's, it it's, it's so <laughs> it's so easy for us, to, like you know, to look at Asia. It's like, ah, you're so funny because ah, look at how you talk and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, though, that 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 moment actually resonated with me because of yeah, it's it's easy to pick on them, but. I mean, it's kind of like the same thing that we fighting against when, when it comes to whites, right. you know, whites talking out to blacks and all that kind of stuff, right? But yeah. It sort of reminded um, me even, um, sorry, sorry. It sort of, it sort one, of, one, one, yeah. it sort of reminded me even like on in today's world where like, you know, we have a lot of Venezuelans who come in and they, well, they don't, may not have their own business, but they are in stores and that kind of stuff. And the same way how the mayor was like, listen, this is not, you know, Korea or China. It's the same way how we tend to act, you know, when they can't say a word or they can't speak properly or anything like that. And it just, it felt, it, it, it hit home. Yeah. yeah. It, 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 the thing is, this movie was what? About three or four years before the the uh, LA riots. And mm, a big yes, part. Yes. Oh, was, good Lord. 
<laughs> yeah, right, right. Like, um, with, the, with, the, with the girl, I believe, who got shot in the Korean store, right? But you want to, right? Yeah, well, not that, but that, that yeah, exactly. Just the, the, the dynamic was always there, and just the, the whole who that is a big thing about with that. And we could get into that debate about, well, yes, the Korean store, the only business or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, it was the guy was making the point is a building that they didn't that was closed down for a long time, and they, then they, they decided to sell it just to these people. There's a whole dynamic about who owns what business, and that whole. Divide and conquer paradigm does end up happening uh, in terms of who yeah. get what uh, what not. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're good. Yeah, well, well, good point, right? So just for a true well, character, still, right? I think I was watching a vid about per- I was watching a vid about perfect summer movies, and I honestly I, I I thought the I thought the list left out do the right thing because it really is almost right. like a quintessential summer movie, not a feel okay. good summer movie, but a no. summer movie. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. All right, so get yeah, back yeah. to to characters, right? So. We then introduced her Rosie Perez, because yes, she's in the movie too, right? She plays Tina, who is the baby mama to Mookie, right? We learn right. this a little bit later on, right? But she's there, right? She's um, part of the movie, by the way. Yeah, and she's she's still living with her, with her mom and all that kind of stuff. And yeah. you know, it's just see this this moment now, just showing the character that she is, right? Um, her having a child, her ha- still needing, still depending on her, on her mother to kind of. But out and all that kind yeah. of stuff, and yeah. it's you know just Rosie Perez or what we know well, early Perez, right? You know, the the thick lat- um, Latina accent and the when she yeah. argues, you know, like I remember like uh, seeing that um, in this movie, White Man Can't Jump, right? With Woody Harrison right. and Wesley Snipes, you know, we that head turning, you know, <laughs> loudmouth Latina, and she's like, Father ain't no real father, he's a bum. Trump change. To the curb, pulling no major pub bomb. I just like cussing him out and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, yes, this is brilliant, Jen. brilliant without even seeing Mookie with her as yet, right? Then we see the the three old guys that I mentioned before, right? One of whom is the late great Robin Harris, you know, the um, comedian. He showed up in uh, oh gosh, uh, House Party, and then he died before yeah. the second House Party came out. I remember that, and. I don't know. I just love the dynamic, um, the dynamic between the three of them. Like to me, this is like what. Um, oh gosh, I was thinking for a while. Um, King of the Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> just the four guys all drinking yeah, beers. Yeah, just just hanging out, just talking shit, right? I just dug that. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe a majority of their dialogue was improvised. Though. Okay. I, really? I, have, I have a feeling it was improvised. Because they're just like cracking random jokes, uh, but it doesn't really add to the story. Well, not as yet, but it just feels natural. So I would be surprised if it was just all improv. I could be wrong, but whatever. Mm. And then we introduced uh, um, Bugging Out, right? Played by, you know, um, Giancarlo Esposito. And, you know, perfect, perfect casting, right? Because, yeah, he is a black Italian-American. Aha. Right, right. Take a moment. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, yeah. In the uh, well, actually, right. So in the um, in the behind the scenes, now he was saying about how he was born in Italy, and when he yeah. was when he came, when his family moved to the states, now um, the blacks didn't want to be with him, the Italians didn't want to be with him. So you end up be, being friends mostly with Jews, right? I'm like, jeez, but like, that's how that's how deep that went. But wow. So yeah, he more, more than anybody else, he could relate to what Spike was talking about in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I just love 
the dialogue between him and Saldred, where just just right off the bat when he pays for the for the pizza slice, he's like, "How much?" Mm-hmm. And Sal's like, "Dude, you, you always come in here, Jay. Always ask me what uh, how much. Were you a retard?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man, no, that whole yeah. bugging out is like at yeah. eleven perpetually as a character, yeah. and it's it, it's always. Like, this movie is basically a series of very intense characters clashing with each other on a day when it's hot and everyone is irritable. Yeah, right. yeah. And just to go back to, to Giancarlo, right? Um, in the interview, he was saying about how he kind of played him as a guy who... Not so much a militant, but just a guy who um, knew that he had to fight for, you know, for, for equal rights between, you know, black and Italians. You know what I mean? For, he, he always stood for black empowerment, uh, empowerment but it's just yeah. that his direction was just off. That's, like, he yeah. was just misdirected. That's, that's, so, well, like, he means well, but it's just how he goes about it is just wrong. Well, of know, yeah, course. It's, great, it's great characterization because there's a nice little scene with him and, and Mookie's sister. Uh, yes, yes. And you kind of make the point about that. It's like, yeah, look, you, you, you have your heart in the right place, but come on, you have to have a little bit of better focus on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah, what to yeah. do about right? You can tell that it just the the the, the consciousness just right floating above the surface, but not not coming up just yet. No, um, yeah, and I, yeah. I, I like that about his character. Me too. But me just too, me too. Yeah, but it's just because you know it, because he cannot off course the he just comes off yeah. like he's bugging out, like he's crazy, yeah. right? Even though he's yeah, yeah. really I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, but that part where I mentioned where, you know, uh, where he's complaining about, oh, this, put some extra cheese, man. I just love in terms of Freeman. You see Vito on the extreme left of the, of the frame. He's just there, like, yeah. watching him, like, watching, like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> like, he doesn't right. want any trouble, but at the same time, he's like, okay, yeah. I should be a little careful with this guy, you know. So, you know, points, points to spike for that, right? Um, and then we get one of the key moments in the movie. So, this is where Boggin sits down. And then... Well, we could kind of argue, oh, now you notice this after all the time you come in to buy pizza. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he sits down, actually, and then he notices these portraits of, you know, um, Italian-American figures, right? So, of course, Spike Lee being Spike Lee, you see um, Al Pacino, you see Robert De Niro, um, you see Frank Sinatra, Frank of course. Sinatra. And, you know, right above, you see a sign, Wall of Fame. So, Buggin is like, yo, why ain't no brothers on the wall, right? Yeah. And here's the thing. This is what I love about the show, too. I love a lot of things about the show, but this is what I love, though. Just it is a character. People make points, right? And yes, they are solid points. They make sense. But it's how far they carry that could kind of make you be like, okay, you was right, but no, yeah, don't really believe it here. And this is where he says, You want brothers on the wall? Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. You can put your brothers and uncles and nieces and nephews, your stepfather, stepmother, whoever you want. See? But this is my pizzeria. American Italians on the wall only. Harsh, yes. Makes sense, yes. But you could see where that point could go in the wrong way. Though, you know what I mean? And that's what right. I really love about this. But yeah, go on, Ricardo. But I, right, so that's what makes bugging out work. Because again, it's one of these so small things. Again, this guy's shop, he could do what you want kind of thing. He bring up an issue. You know, I would argue it's just part of the general irritability. I, I just, you know, you, you know how to, as I say, you, know, you pick, pick the wrong battles. And yeah. he know, he know does decide to like just make a big deal out of this thing that is actually quite minor and doesn't matter. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's just that's the right. sheer the, the, the belligerence of the character. Though. But it fits. Yeah. It totally fits the situation. Uh, we say, it, we, it the does. same thing goes for, well, we'll get into that or how it will relevant later. Though. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love how bugging comes with a good counterpoint. He's like, Yeah, that might be fine, Sal, but uh, you, you own this. Rarely do I see any American Italians eating in here. All I see is black folks. So since we spend much money here, we do have some sex. And then we get, well, the, the, the first bit of tension, right? So Sal gets angry, he grabs his baseball bat, and he's, like, threatening to, to beat Buggin', right? And Vito comes in silent and just takes the bat away from him. <laughs> Sorry, no, my, my, my bad. Pino grabs the bat from him. Like, Vito's right, trying right. to calm his, his dad down, but Pino's the one who just comes in, grabs the bat, is like, no. He just shakes his head, like, no. No, right, no. And take, uh, well, one thing to take note of also is Smiley outside, looking in but he's unaware of what's going on and that's something that i didn't even pick up on until like i watched it recently the idea of windows and characters looking through them like they just in the inside looking out but they're not really doing anything so mother sister she's like looking at the block but she's just watching things and well smiley looking from outside but he has no clue what's going on right because he's just trying to sell his pics and it's just that whole idea of you're in and people are outside, but you don't know what's going on. And it's unless you step out or go in, that's when you will actually get what's going on. So as as far as a team though, as far as um as a team, I, I really dug that, right? But anyway, so just get back to bugging, right? So he leaves and he's all about boy cut sounds, boy cut sounds, right? Okay. <laughs> Which is kind of like, hides for me right now. <laughs> yeah, just pick, pick your battles as is it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, completely. Yeah, yeah, and then Mookie had to come out. He's like, yo, like, dog, like, chill out. Hey, where you acting so? But I just love yeah. the last line where Buggin says before he leaves, like, hey, Mook, stay black. So you see, the <laughs> man heart in the right place, but it's just wrong battles, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> yeah, so the the convo between Mookie and, and Salah really, well, was really interesting. Um, so this is where Mookie pretty much says, well, yeah, Buggin pretty much free to say what he wants, right? But Sal says, there's no free. No freedom. I'm the boss. Yeah. And that just kind of, well, one, another aspect of um, Sal's character. Like, you, when he's in here, he's the boss. Anything goes, right? Even though he might say something out of context, right? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Then we get one of the free, one of my favorite scenes in the movie. This is where Mookie walks past the mayor. He's, well, who's sitting on the stoop. Um, the mayor calls him. He's like, Mookie. Come here, doctor. Man, I gotta go. I'm working. Come I'm here, working. Doctor, I'm working. Doctor, this is the mayor talking. All right, all right. Doctor, come on. What? What? Always do the right thing. That's it. That's it. I got it. I'm gone. Just, just yeah. merely because Mookie's just that type of person, like yo. I, I was actually, I was actually here for waitress. Just leave me alone. Of course, yeah. that's what you want to tell me. All right, cool. Whatever. I go. That's it. Yeah, no, I actually noticed. Well, I, I don't think when they introduced Mookie coming out of his apartment, the first thing he, he says to the people who comes out, I think it was Joe, Joe's witness. Oh, yeah. Just yell. No, no, yell. no. no. <laughs> right. But I, I forget how, I, I actually forgot how didactic this film is. Like, it just is about this character advice. The movie will just stop dead to have a character tell you his philosophy or whatever it is. And we'll get oh, to yeah. that later with, with, um, with, with Radio Rahim, famous scene. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. For that. Yeah, go ahead now. Yeah, yeah. Um, so from there we get this nice montage we, we get a nice little reggae song from Steel Pulse represents Steel Pulse um, this is where they kind of just emphasize on how hot the day is right so mm-hmm. filmmaking technique a, a dog where you see uh, Rosie Perez dip her head in the, in the ice water the scene the camera yes. from that view I love 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 that shot right <laughs> um, you see Jade taking a shower and it's just all these 
emphasis on heat and you know like the song says can't stand the heat so it just fits perfectly and then you know as i said um claude with it being a summer film yeah it perfectly oh, embodies yeah. like what summer is like yo like it's hot out there but let me cool down let me have a little fun and that leads to one of my favorite moments where you know they just open up the the uh fires um the right yeah the hydrant right. sorry and right. you know it's just, right. just having fun you know what i mean and i i love that i love that moment in the film yeah, you were going to say something, Ricardo? No, yeah, that's the fire hydrant. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a typical New York thing where yeah. you illegally, illegally open the hydrant to have fun and then, you know, the firefighters or the police will come and turn it off. Yeah, which is what happens, yeah. right? But before that happens, yeah. uh, Reader Reem shows up. I love where, where you're seeing, uh, well, Martin, I'm forgetting his character's name. So you call him Martin for now. So Martin and um, Ahmad, like, tempted, tempted actually to, like, um, redirect the water to hit him there. Be like, no, 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 no. Let, let me not do it there because you know it's Reader Rahim and I just love the aspect. What one, one thing I love about Reader Rahim, Jed, is like he just kind of comes off like this lone warrior, Jed. Like he just walking around like you know, fight the power. I have no time for fun. I have no time for games, Jed. It's about this message. I am, a, I am alone and I must walk this path like keen and cool. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what he is. That's what he is. <laughs> You think he had time to play with, with people? No, he won't fight any people, you understand? <laughs> I love that, I love that. But then, um, as I said, well, you know, the, the well, before the police show up to, to turn off the hydrant, um, we are forgetting the actor's name, but I swear I saw him before in other shows, right? So this Italian-American shows up in this Cadillac, and they're like, yo, yo, let's wet him, right? And he's right, like, right. Well, do we even do it? Do we even do it to wet this car? And sure enough, they do it, right? And he gets pissed off. He walks out. And then, right instantly, the police shows up. And, you know, they all like, you know, what to do? And he's like, yo, well, arrest these guys, blah, 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 right? Because, you know, the man is just, like, pissed off now. And uh, this funny little moment, well, kind of blinking the missing moment, where he talks to one of the cops, and he's like, well, um, arrest this guy. What's your names? Um, I don't know. Mo and Joe, Mo and Joe, what? Yeah. Mo and Joe, <laughs> black. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just just so subtle, but you see, you never dug it, right? And I also love what the mayor does, right? Because yeah, eventually they point out to him. It's like, yo, ask him. He's a witness, right? And the right. mayor says, "Those that will tell don't know, and those <laughs> that know won't tell." Which very much kind of sums up the character that he is, because like you see, Ricardo, yeah. he probably should yeah. some right to move in there. It's like, look, I know what will happen if I tell the cops that, oh, this kid did it. I know what will happen. I lived through this. So I didn't even yeah. see a single thing. You know what I mean? So I, I dug that, right? And yeah, but that kind what, of drunk what, Rafiki vibe to him that I got out of the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> Rafiki, for real. A drunk yeah. Rafiki. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, completely. Yeah. But um, speaking of the two cops now, so we have this kind of shorter one, and then we have the. Well, the the eventual perpetrator, the the more ca- Caucasian looking one, and it's when he says, "Um, well, look, better just leave before these people strip down your car." And I'm like, "Wow, you know, like once again, yeah. I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, like you hear what this man just but said, also... right? <laughs> like, jeez, man, you know what I mean? And but it does touch on one of the themes of the movie, which is. Look, the port like this thing, this shit could have gone way more serious. But sometimes you just had to step back and be like, look, is it worth it though? Is it worth it for me to to strike back or lash out or whatever? 
best I just take my licks and I just move on, right? Before before things get worse, right? And this is something that will be brought up again in, in the film, right? Um, right. Get this great scene, actually, with... Uh, well, because, yeah, we have more characters. We have these group of, like, um, Latino boys, right? Um, pretty much just listening to some salsa music, right? Because, yeah, just... Um, right. right, well, what happened is that... Um, Oh gosh, well, Mookie went over by Senior Love Daddy, brought some food, and dedicated a salsa song to Tina. So he's playing a song. And, you know, the Latino guy's like, yes, it'll be popping the music, blah, blah, blah. And then Rita Rahim show up with his boombox and just watching him. Uh, I see Dutch angles again. <laughs> and I love, it's just this, and I can relate to this so much. Yeah? You know, oh, you playing your music? All right, let me just raise my volume high. Oh, that's right. how high you go? And just that back and forth, though. But this yeah, love no, with... Yeah, what? just the shit confrontation and everything. Every, you know, the, again, the day getting hotter now, so... Yeah, just, exactly. So just exactly. Boiling, exactly. Um, yeah. And just take note of the hand that he uses to raise the volume. The heat hand. Because, yes, right. we, we, we're going to get to the love of stuff real. in a bit. But, yeah, when I... But can I, can I watch? I was like, wait, now, let me see what... <laughs> what, what, he, what he have on the... Um, well, his knuckles, and I, I see he have the yeah, heat. Yeah. What he does oh, with which hand. Do, okay. Yeah, you know what I mean? Um, right. But yeah, but this love where, well, you know, the one of the guys says, you know what, you got it, bro. And he just yeah. let him go. And just take note also when he walks, when he walks past them, right? When he reaches by the corner, there's this kid that's like walking alongside him. And then he does this, yeah, you know what I mean? With his fist in the air and they're like, oh, like he win a boxing match. But then take note of also, take note also of the the guys themselves, and they just start a customer like yo man, and one guy in particular saying uh, when well, he says well you're dead Chuck um Chuckle man, also alluding to what will happen soon enough with uh, Reed Rahim right, so um we get we then get this this great moment which at first I was like first time I saw that I was wondering if it if it made sense the story but the more I watch it the more I understand it and this is where we see uh, well John Savage right who is the the white man who bought the brownstone so mm-hmm. you know he what? with his bike runs mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. Uh, bugging out um, Air Jones oh, he's like yo you know, and he's just like custom about the and is well basically Spike talking about gentrification here so it's like oh well right what, what what give you the right to, to be on my block? What are you doing here on my street there? <laughs> it's how him alongside with Martin and Ahmad and their friends talk about, yo, I should fuck you up two times, man, and all that kind of stuff. And man's yeah. like, yo, just, just leave me alone. You're like, I'm sorry, Jen, but it's just how bugged out, literally bugs out to this moment that I love. Yeah. And then, of course, they do the, well, something that Spike used to do in his early films, right? The, oh, moment, right? Where yeah. everybody just kind of does oh, that, right? Oh, I that that was hysterical. That yeah. was absolutely yeah. hysterical. Yeah. But, but I mean, I get. I, I like it's a real funny scene. It's it, it's yeah. clearly meant to be funny, but mm. it's what yeah. is touching on in the soup is that dog as well. Yeah, but it, it's yeah. So yeah, they talk about where, where you come from and all Massachusetts or something, and they say no, I was born in Brooklyn, which is hilarious. Yeah. And <laughs> the the Bangalore the character. The Bagalon character again. You know the, the typical kind of black stereotype, black man. Sorry to say it. Kind of true. I mean, I say stereotypes are based on truth with, with you know, the Jones. You know, you, you, you scuff a man's shoes, daddy. You have a yeah. meltdown. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it worked. Again, within the character, it's anger that just not aimed. You know, as, as I always make the joke about anger, anger is like a metal. You can't just throw it on the battlefield. You have to hone it into a blade. You have to know mm-hmm. how to use it and to strike. Good. And Good. Fire. You know, that's the analogy. 
and right. he died him. His his anger is not tempered at all. He just you know he's just raw energy. Don't know how to aim himself. Don't know what to focus on. Um, you know, there's real injustice and real real issues to address. He has not even come close to addressing. But it's <laughs> it's great and simple characterization that works in the context of the film. Yeah. That, yeah. That, 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 that little piece where, where the guy says that he's from Brooklyn, for me, that was yeah. that, for me, it was the I have black friends um, analogy. Well, that's, yes, that, that's, yeah. Yeah, 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 no, I understand where you're coming from because the whole, like him. No, I'm, yeah, I'm from, I'm from Brooklyn. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, yeah. so he don't have to justify why he lives there. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm right. down. It's like that. Like, I'm down. You know what I mean? Without right. saying I'm down. They're, they're half fast because, like, they use the entire paradigm of their credibility is in the, the geography of the situation, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then he just immediately eviscerates that with that line. But it's yeah. funny. But at the same time, I understand. Where, where Tracy coming from is like, yeah, at the same time, it's not, it does not address the issues. If, if you make it take it, it's, it's, it's a way to diffuse the situation. Yeah. You know, it's addressing. Yeah, yeah. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we get, well, a powerful scene, in my opinion. Um, this would be just a slow mo of the, the same two cops in the car passing the three uh, black men, right? I love the music for this, how forlorn it is. Ooh. And it's just eyes just staring at each other. And then that scene. Same cup. What a waste. I hate that, huh? but at the same Ooh. time, it's just so impactful, right? I just love how one of you guys, like, you know, before we were really interrupted by New York's finest, you know what I mean? And that's <laughs> when they, they go into the commentary that you mentioned, Ricardo, about oh, um, why that 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 Koreans, um, well, they call him a Korean motherfucker, you know, what I mean, <laughs> have you know, have so much business and we're here where we're at, right? And well, you know, they bring up a, a serious point. It's like, you know, that, that building was abandoned for years and nobody did anything about it. But, hey, they, if they wanted to or if they, if they had the initiative, they could have, made, they could have um, um, established your own business. But right. like, no, right. well, this guy I, I, came I, I, in and I, now you want to hate uh, you want to disrespect him because, what, he's not yeah. black. It, it's that, that is, that's go both ways because I want to address that because in, in, in New York, again, a lot of history of what people don't forget is how much control of property that has happened in New York. So the, the building is quote-unquote abandoned, but someone owns it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, that, it's not that it's completely abandoned or the state owns it or anything like that. So the only part of New York that, that black control, that they had any workable black control when it comes to owning something was really Harlem, right? You mm-hmm. couldn't... A lot of people want... There was a lot of black people who wanted to buy buildings and start businesses, and they try, and they were more or less shut out, right? You could argue why. I think it's, it, you could argue if it's racism or if it's deliberate. Um, you have there's something called redlining and blockbusting, yep. all these active to, to engage in shenanigans. And so that, I think that is where he was kind of coming from with that. You could go both ways with it because at the same time, it had many situations where people could attempt to get through and it, they're, just, they're just too expensive to shut them out. But it had active attempts. Active attempts to just undermine people who had the money, who wanted to buy it, and they just didn't do it. And then they see some Korean do it and they sell it to them instead. So it's all of that, right? It's half. It's go both ways, right? Mm. Right, right, right. Good point, good right. point. Right, so then we get uh, probably one of the roughest moments in the show. This is where the same 14s, right, run into um, the Mia, right? And they just start to pick on him because, oh, well, you know what? Yeah, because you're drunk and all that kind of stuff, right? Right. And it is Aussie's acting in this point where we talk about what you know about me. Can't even pee straight. Nary a one of you. What you know about anything? 
Unless you, unless you done stood in the door and listened to your five hungry children crying for bread. And you can't do a damn thing about it, your woman standing there. You, you can't even look her in the eye. Unless you done done that, you don't know me, my pain, my hurt, my feelings. You don't know shit. But it's Ahmad's response to it. That's the, that's the punch in my gutter. He's talking about... Yo, man, I hope you finish your little soliloquy, man. Because first of all, I've been peeing straight for years. You understand what I'm saying? And, and you're right. I, I wouldn't stand in the doorway and listen to my five children go hungry. I'd be out getting a job, doing something, anything to put food in their mouth. And you're right. I don't want to know your pain. I don't care to know your pain. You don't want to put yourself in this situation, man. Every day, every day, every day, I see you walk up and down this block, inebriated, never sober. But that's what DA stands for, Demaya, drunk ass. Fuck that. This man's getting mad. He don't get no respect here. You'll never get respect here, man. How you gonna tell me my parents raised me? I respect those who respect themselves. And you don't respect yourself. I get where both sides are coming from, Jeb. And seeing them is like. Even walk a mile in 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 the mere shoes, dread. But yeah. it's just how brutal he goes at him, though. It's it's just a moment that that really really get um you know. I really me we never we never see it. Or, uh, and I say I, I think this links back to probably his relationship with Sal. But it's implied that something along the lines of you know the mayor have some kind of trauma in the past. Not sure. Clearly, that well is just medicate. Um, we, we never learn what it is or anything like that. But, you know, as I say, you don't see enough old people or whoever it is who just have, you're thinking, you're thinking, oh, that's how we start time. You're just going to roll your eyes at them. But you realize that they had, like, incredible amount of trauma decades ago. They never get, get over. It was never addressed. You know, they don't know how to deal with it. You know, they never had the support systems to deal with it. Because, again, where are your family? Um, yeah. Where you live in? Where, you know, stuff like that. I don't think he was outright homeless, right? I didn't really get that. No, he, 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 he lived... Um... That that same brown, so that he was um that he's that he sat by. I believe he owns that, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Yeah, I, I could be wrong, but they never really see where he lives at. But I assume he does live somewhere, right? Right. Um, and then, well, you know, in true Spike Lee fashion, we get the you know the fort the fort war breaking scene. This is and it's one of my favorite moments of the movie, actually, even though it has a lot of racial slurs in it. But I love how right. it starts up from the beginning, oh, right? And this my is where. God. Yeah, starts with Mookie talking to, to Pino and talking about, like, yo, why, why you hate black people so much? Like, uh, right. who's your favorite um, rock star? Prince. Who's yeah. your favorite musician? Who's your favorite comedian? Any movie? Who's your, uh, who's your favorite musician right now? Um, Michael Jackson. You know what I mean? It's like, yo, your, right. your heroes are black, dread. And then he brings up what Louis Farrakhan said about, you know, um, you know, one day and, you know, the dream and all that kind of stuff. But it's what he says, yeah. and then you woke up. I was like, and I don't blame Mookie at all for cussing him out, though. <laughs> and then you get that that great scene, though. Um, you can pull it up on YouTube. It's there, right? Uh, where you're just seeing different characters just throw all these, basically, slurs um, yeah. that, they would, that they would throw on, on people of you other you know, races. Yeah. So, I yeah, don't know. It, it's something it, about... That was much... Yeah, it's something about Pino's it was one. So... The 360 degrees spear chucking. Like, I don't know. Like, that, I love that. <laughs> like, I know it's terrible to hear, but just how, just off the tongue you say, like, you 360 degree monkey, speak baboon, take your fucking pizza, go the fuck back to Africa. Like, just off the cuff like that. And then yeah. <laughs> end it off with, um, well, the order of the Korean store. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is played for last, but at the same time he goes in hard too. Where and then, of course, you see um, 
senior love daddy coming. He's like, yo, time out, time out, man. You <laughs> got to chill. And that's the double truth. Root. And that's so yeah. spikely in there. But, you know, it's all style, but it makes a serious, serious point. And I, I love that. I love that. Oh, yeah. Spike was able to take a risk and then literally stop the show to be like, hey, this is how it sounds like when you throw racial slurs at other people. But, yeah, what, right. what, what do you guys think about that that particular montage? Well, yeah, great, I think great. for me... Good. Good. I think for me, it's, it's, it's kind of... it. Lee taps into the tensions that go on in in different communities when you have like because what what he points out in that scene is that you have this little area of new york where you have like five different ethnicities with their own cultures and their own tensions and stuff all existing all with their own uh, uh like 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 all these kind of different tensions between each other everyone's got their own fair number of slurs they're throwing at each other so you got you got black, Italian American, you got Puerto Rican, you got the Koreans, you got the cops who are who I think I think with the with based on the slurs that the Korean guy was throwing at them are kind of like Irish American. And you yeah, got yeah. all this all these different communities stacked on top of each other in a very small space, and there's all these tensions. Like, I mean, I've lived in a bunch of different communities where you get all we I've lived in a bunch of different places where you get different immigrant communities stacked one on top of the other, and you got generations, and you get all these tensions and right. Lee like taps into that so brilliantly. And then of course, and like he does it in like the hit in the most Lee style where, and I love the fact that he, he puts the audience perspective of the person being yelled at. Like yeah. that is yes. genius. Yes. Like, like you are, and of course like, the handheld photograph, uh, the, the handheld camera work fits it as yeah. well too. Yeah, exactly. It further emphasizes that like, it puts you in that. And then of course, Samuel L. Jackson just comes in at just comes in at the end. It's like, whoa, whoa, time out, time out. It's one of my favorite moments in that in the movie. Honestly, it's it's so like like he manages to distill so many of his of the themes and ideas and like a lot of the more complicated themes and ideas of the movie in that one sequence, and just brilliantly. Right, yeah, I love it. Yeah, anything you want, you guys want to win on? Um, well, Tracy and Ricardo, anything you want to win on yeah, that scene? Right, so you, that, that's the, you, you does it's the it's the Ed, Ed moment, right? It's the Ed yeah. moment. It, mm-hmm. Just that tapping to to you know just the, the foundational, you know, lizard brain tribalism of, of people. Yeah. You know the the you know this period of time. This was in nineteen eighties nineties. This was the tail end of a lot of these like uh, multiculturalist you know communities, especially in a city where it just doesn't structure properly well, and because of of uh, I, I would argue I'll make the case for for just where the money went and how they dealt with crime at the time and the thing. God, this was was he mayor at the time? Ed Koch, I think. I remember yeah, that, who um who well you know the Korean guy brings up in his um in his right. moment. Yeah, right. And it was so, again it's such a in New York. And as I say, sorry to say it, but uh, how to how to handle multiculturalism is as a good fences make good neighbors. I'm I'm of that that um variety of thinking. It's like I, I believe in multiculturalism. You can't just slap it in mm-hmm. just so just so. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Right. They nailed that. They nailed how how New York didn't really think do that do that properly. Who had to get what apartment and when and and handling resources and and wealth. And it does all these things come to a boiling point again. We only see it from the perspective of those on the street, and you, you can't get into these larger issues. Uh, but the the Spike nails it in that sense. You know, he just does the, the perspective argument and then, you know, you get to see it just the id, straight up id sequence. <laughs> and it, yeah, it just yeah. 
it does it does it does yeah yeah uh tracy anything about just swing on, on that scene no for me that was like the the just below the surface of humanity scene for me because you know even uh in in even in trinidad where you have your different communities and stuff there's ways that we talk about each other that's and there's true. ways that we talk to each other and so we do the whole very nice and smiley and unity and all that gloriousness. But then you go into, sometimes you walk into somebody's house and you hear it. Or you have friends and you hear that thing just below the surface. So that yeah. montage for me is like the just below the surface kind of mentality and sensibility of how everybody really, quote unquote, really thinks. Especially on a day that's already very frustrating um, temperature wise. It was a lot. It was for me sitting on watching that. It was a lot. Right, right, right. So just moving a little quickly now because we have to get to the big climax of the film, right? The hence the reason why we're why we're here, right? So um, on the subject of that now, so um, another great moment, Reader Rahim, where he's talking about the whole heat and love speech. I love just from a right. just from a filmmaker perspective, right? You know, we where um, yeah, Mookie I'm says that's the hype, and you know he exits the 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 frame and then the camera just moves yeah. in on um you know on, on Raheem with the brass knuckles all that stuff with the heat of love and as simple and one-sided a view of hate and love it, it actually kind of makes sense where he's talking about oh the point of life is you know static now uh, he always try to fight love and you know he kind of conveys it as his boxing match and oh well love wins you know what I mean hate knocks is knocked out KO and all that kind of stuff but this way he says if I love you I love you but if I hate you, and Spike does some creative here, he has Buki comes there and says, There it is, love and hate. Perfect right. in my opinion. Get away is just like to me how I read it, it's just like, yeah, you know what I mean? Keep being positive and love and love and love and all that kind of stuff. But never think about where or where you'd be or how you'd react if you yeah. ever put to a point where you have to where you are full of heat. You know, it's just like, yeah, just brush okay. it off, man. It doesn't matter. But that's why I love that 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 um that punctuation there, you know, like you know, with Raheem not being able to to finish his sentence, because yeah, in his mind it's like if I hate you, well, yeah, I really do hate you, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah powerful, powerful moment, and of course, hearing the Fighting Power um song in the background, yeah, dug that. Um, anything you all want to weigh in about the heat and love um speech? Yeah, yeah. Again, this is one of those really didactic moments that somewhat works. Um, I, I just want to issues I would film that the film, you know, is one of these you stop the movie dead to, to do something. Oh like yeah, this. yeah, to talk about this. Yeah, right. Um, but I, I, it works for the most part. I don't really have a big issue with it. Uh, yeah, again, good, good filmmaking section because the camera goes into Lee's place. I'd love to see. Like I never see the behind the scenes to this of where the camera was exactly in comparison to Lee. Um, I, I keep think, I, I'd like to think that that Lee grabbed the camera at that point and oh, held it, but it, <laughs> probably just walked out of yeah. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, I, I think like he ducked out. I think he ducked out. Yeah, and then the camera right. just just was yeah. cameraman move in there because it's mostly yeah, handheld. But I watch it. I, like I remember, I was watching. Like, is this really handheld? Or, you know? Yeah, it's a, pretty, it's, a pretty, yeah. it's a pretty subtle and smooth transition. That, that is how the I find the blocking on time. You know, it's quite it's quite well done. Um, mm-hmm. and I just is it again is one of those yeah you know as I say good writing is knowing how to write the limits of how characters think so Radio Harvey is not some big time philosopher right he's not he's not Derek Parfit right he just how he thinks about the world 
and how his perspective works. And, and you just, even though he's, he's this guy who just walking out to a radio, like he clearly have a perspective on the world, like it's that. And he have a philosophy that driving him and they just set that up in the context of the world. Not, not some big, big, brilliant character or anything like that. He's just, just, just a guy. And then they make it work in the context of the slice of life and, and just a section of New York. Um, and yeah. to, to set that up. And I said, he just, this is how he had to think about the world. This is how I think about the world. And, yeah. you know, he, he did his friend. I'm going to South Pizzeria. And, you know, hey, let me talk to you about this thing that I'm thinking about. That's it. Simple. You get out of <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. All the time. And, so and, and it's a great like little character. It's a great little character yeah. moment for, yeah. for Raheem because you didn't really hear him talk. Well, I think it's the first exactly. time actually hear him talk, really. Yeah. Right. And then for me, like I said, he said all the time, I go in about my business. I go in by the show about I'll be old friend or something like that. He would just tell me about he did, and then you tell me about something that's important to this life. And it's like, as I say, you know, you know, our whole statement, um, don't take somebody literally, but take them seriously. Right? Clearly, yeah, they're trying to yeah. say something that's important to the world. And mm-hmm. it, I love stuff like that. He's just a guy, and he's, he's friends with this, and that's it. You know, they yeah. just meet, they talk, and then they went on about the business. Like, right. great little, it's good, good little character stuff that they set up. Uh, but yeah. I, again, I, I, I'm, I'm one of those that have a problem with stopping you from dead for stuff like that, but whatever, it's fine. It works. Mm. Yeah, right. a, any a, quick thoughts on the scene? There's a there's a, a scene you were talking about earlier, Matthew, where uh, uh, Rahim the, the focus was on the hate side of the um, the, the the knuckle rings. So in this in this sequence here, now the thing is for me, like I did not notice that earlier. I didn't notice that before, but I know in this sequence, after he's finished talking um, with Spike's character. You know, he he holds his hand. I think with the love, the love, um, the love, the love, the love knuckles. Yeah, we we call him the love side. He's right, the love side. side. Now, mm. for me, seeing that, that tying back to the to that scene that you were talking about earlier, which honestly I didn't even notice that he had motioned it with his with the hate side of it. That yeah, just well, well, just sort of... something that something that told me. Let me just watch the scene carefully yeah. and see which side <laughs> of that. I was like, oh, he right. ah, okay. That Very clever sort of spike. Amplified, yeah, that sort of amplified it. It sort of shows almost like where his uh, where his allegiance is, how he feels about about the people on the street, that sort of thing. Uh, so for yeah. me, I just I just really dug that. I, I was in love with that. And yes, I kind of deaf deaf poetry poet kind of right. yeah. yeah right yeah yeah. I mean, even back then, Bill Nunn was was a, was a great actor though. His performance in this was yep. great. Yeah, uh, Claude, yeah. quick thoughts on the the heat love speech. I do love. Um, I mean, I love it. It it, it kind of it's kind of the cherry on top for how the of how this movie like this movie on the one hand does have a certain amount of um, realism going on for it, but there's also a lot of ways in which it's very I don't know like I feel like I don't know if impressionistic is the best yeah. word, is is a good word like even even things like the characters' names like bugging out Radio Rahim, mother sister the mayor. Um, characters names the 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 mood the tone the lighting in and then yes even the fact that characters kind of take moments to just kind of stop and talk about themes and ideas and that's a lot of them do this and sometimes it's sometimes it's framed as more casual conversation other times it's um it's like this scene where it's more of it's more of a of a monologue type thing but i don't know either way i do it's something I do appreciate. It's something I do. It's something I do appreciate, and I feel like, especially given all the stuff that happened 
with Radio Rahim later. It's a very, it's it's there's a certain amount of foreshadowing, especially since um, it's it's one of the two scenes that leads directly to a key decision Mookie makes later, which yeah. I love that because you get get the bit earlier with the mayor always do the right thing, and then you get this bit where Radio Rahim talks about the you you know it's either love or or hate. And then later that ties directly into key moment in the movie. So, no, I love it to bits. Yeah. All right. So just running through some more moments before we get to that scene, right? Just moving a little quickly here. Yep. So uh, Rady Rahim um, heads over to, to Sal's, though. And, bruh, head from Oh, we, 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 quick, we, we talk about Rady Rahim getting the batteries. That, no, that, that comes oh, after. That yeah. comes after. That comes after. Don't worry, don't worry. Right. Just move it in order with the film. Yeah, so bruh, head headphones, Red. You're actually gonna walk into <laughs> sounds like two slices, and yeah, sounds know. like I can't hear with this music. Two slices. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> headphones, bro. Headphones. Or when then, but eventually he does load the volume, and then he says two slices, right? Um, but it's what Sal says here. This this off this slight little detail here. Um, initially, Spike wrote Sal to be racist, but like right. probably not unaware that he is, right? Because yeah, the show he's kind of unaware that he is. It's more deep rooted, which I'll touch on um, later on, right? Right. But Danny himself, the actor, where to play him, kind of you know like a guy that you would like now, but at the same time, there's something about mm-hmm. him, like you know, if mm-hmm. you push him that far. Yeah. The thing is, okay, so why like this the style character? The style character really works in the sense of all right. So the, one of the big things with 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 black I noticed with black American racism. I can't really speak for Trinidad, but in black American situation, mm-hmm. the black white Americans love old black men, but they hate young right. black men. You know that mm-hmm. whole thing. Because every time you, you get a certain age, you're not really a problem right. anymore. Your own aggression, your behavior. And that in the case of Sal, Sal's characters, like he, you notice again, I'll go back to his relationship with with um, the mayor. Is yeah, he liked the mayor because again, the mayor settled down, he, he, he balanced off. He he would argue that the mayor have like a real struggle and, and a real harder life than the, all these young punks that he can't tolerate. Yeah. And, and, and they're both old, so they could kind of really teach each other in a way, right? Yeah. A lot more. That's why, like, that's why I prefer, that's why I'm glad that Sal's played as is instead of just this outright old racist bull bull Connor kind of type. I don't like that. Mm. I, yeah, I prefer plate. I believe yeah. the later point about um, with Mookie's sister as well, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. But yeah, yeah. but it's, this, it's just these subtle things that Sal says, especially when you push him far enough. So he's like, You come into Sal's, there's no music. No rap, no music, no music, no music. It's like, aha, okay, okay. I dug that. I really, really dug yeah. that, right? Um, then, well, later on, we get this really, really great long take, and this is where um, Sal is talking to to Pino, and it's just this slow um, zoom in into well, you know, it's just the both of them just seated in front of the window facing um, the Korean store, right? Once again, as I said before, the windows characters in, but not really knowing what's going on outside and vice versa, right? So um Sal's all like, you know, why why are you always so angry? Why are you always so full of hate, Pino? And it's yeah. like, yo, I just hate these people, Jad. I hate these niggas. And he asks, like, why? And I I I mean, while I hate the the, the response, 
I could kind of understand where he's coming from. He's talking about, well, his friends in Bessus, you know, they laugh at me. It's like, oh, you come in here and you feed in these, these, these monkeys and all that kind of stuff now. And then, well, so I was like, well, yo, like, your friends never put money in your pocket. They don't, they'll pay your rent. Mm-hmm. And look, I yeah. here for 25 years. They, you know, being, I've seen kids grow and all that kind of stuff. I see them more or less live off of my food. Trips. I can't just leave just like that. And it's how the scene ends, though. Well, before I forget, the music for this, well, I forgot to mention Billy, as in Spike's dad, handles the music for this. Just that right. jazzy music, though. Totally, totally, totally love, right? And it's how the scene ends with um, with Smiley knocking on the door. Sorry, okay. knocking on the window. Like, bang, bang, bang. And Pino just getting angry, and he responds again. And then, well, Smiley knocks again. And he's like, hey, you know, well, Sal trying to be the peacemaker. Like, yeah, hey, how are you doing? It's like, uh, Malcolm and you know, that kind of stuff. And then Pino loses his shit. He goes outside, cusses about this. Like, fuck you. It's just back and forth, back and forth, though. And just Sal's reaction to all this, though, is just priceless, in my opinion. I love that. But going back to, to Mookie for a bit, because before all this, this is where he goes on his lunch break, actually. So he goes back to his home and he's just taking this hour long show, however it is. But I just love how that long take ends, as it ends, though. You just see uh, Mookie just come on the show, like, whoa, you know what I mean? This kind of yeah. crazy scene. Like, this kind of crazy right. tension at the end, though. Just as the tension was about to build, it just kind of stops right there. I really, really dug that. No, I was thinking about. I was. Th- I was thinking about. I remember. I, I remember thinking of this earlier when you were talking about the the Ruby D um, scene where she's cooling off with with the great big basin of of ice water, and then I think of it again when I think of the scene where Sal and Vito were talking. But like one of Lee's other big influences is very clearly Brian De Palma. Right. Like he's ah, got yes. a very similar Brian De Palma. He's got a very similar Brian De Palma thing where the camera's always moving in some way. Like it's either it's either moving or he puts it in very strange places, whether it's like the bottom of a tank of water or it's, you know, coming in high or it's coming in low. It's it's it moves in on the zooms, it comes in and then there's like not, like not quite the same um De Palma editing. I don't know if Lee yes. ever experimented with the whole split screen thing, but there's a very clear similar there's a very yeah. there's a very clear similar thing, yeah. Right, because yeah, I, I remember. Good. No, no, that's the thing with a lot of the uh, the '90s directors, like like uh, Tarantino, Lee, and these guys, is that they they just straight up bite. I argue that that's all of them is just straight up bite off all of the new school people. Uh, oh, in my opinion, yeah. the, the the um the the couplers, the score CCs, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Like this is a gener- like this is a generation of filmmakers that all grew up. You know, right. watching all of watching all these masters, like watching all of their films, discovering them in some cases, things like right. that. I always find I always find it hilarious that Tarantino and Lee have kind of this ongoing kind of argument feud thing going on when both of them are drawing from a lot of the same inspirations. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, but like, hey, they you know, me, Tar- Tarantino's Tarantino's a racist. You know, he 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 yeah. turned slavery into a western, right? But hey, yeah, I, I love John Wanchin, right? I love that movie. <laughs> I do. I like. I, I I love living in a world where I can like both Django Unchained and do the right thing, and then just kind of watch Lee and Tarantino argue at each other. And I'm just sitting here like, but who's gonna get custody of Samuel L. Jackson? Don't fight. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. But um, speaking of Ruth Carter, right? So 
great moment where Bugging Out basically tried to to you know um get people to help him boycott sales boycott like, sales and they were like no we we grew up on we grew up on sales pizza man but I love yeah. the I think it's Ahmad or his friend has a Black Panther comic book too and like Black yeah. Panther yeah. pizza oh, weed yeah. pizza I was weed like pizza. brilliant 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 <laughs> This is what Sorry? Did Lee did Lee almost direct a Black Panther movie in the nineties, or was that just a rumor? Uh it was it was not not a, well not almost, but it's one of those his name was flouted kind of things. Because mm-hmm. remember it had a point in time where 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 right. the titles of Black Panther and they were they were they were floated right. as follow so his, his name came up. Okay, right. okay. Yeah. Interesting. So now we get to the scene um, that you mentioned, Ricardo, with um, Jade and bugging out, right? And you know he goes, "Well, yeah. this is where this is where Mookie now comes back from his lunch break with Jade, right?" And um, you know, bugging out is like, "Yo, we're gonna spoil ourselves." I mean, and you know, is that that moment between him and Jade that I love the way Jade's like, you know, you, you should be using your, your your talents for some more constructive, or at least your 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 fire, you know what I mean? Your your fury for something more constructive, right? And yeah. I just love Buggins' old reaction where he just kinda laughs like, you know what? I love you, Gene. You know what I mean? So yeah, you know what I mean? Just that kind of understanding. So yes, clearly he he like, you know, he just respects her so much that he he's just gonna let it slide that she doesn't really quote unquote understand as much as he does. I love that, right? Um Which is which is like is is they, that's the old point because to me she get it obviously. She yeah you know I, his condescension at him just not get he is the one who kind of clueless though. Um, yeah, that's who, right. but right. Right. Cause, cause just going back to like what the three guys said about you know, um, black owned businesses, maybe if he worked a little bit harder, he could have his own place, right? Just you know, right. going back to what um, Sal said, just a point, just a perspective, right? Which I love. Um, and then we get to the moment where Sal talks to well, you know, Jade goes into the pizzeria, and Sal clearly has eyes on her. Yeah. I remember how he says, You know, you got the biggest eyes I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, yeah. and yeah, yeah he, he, he clearly likes her because, yeah, in the show, I mean, she she looks good, you know, I mean, young, young Joey Lee looks good, right? But I, going to yeah, what you so said, I, I, with, um, I found it interesting that they would put this dynamic in the film. Uh, don't know because it doesn't go anywhere necessarily, but like it's just a thing. That they bring up. True, true. Um, it, 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 like, you're right, you're right. But um, to me, like how I just saw these moments, it's all these moments of tension and you're thinking that it's right. all going to build up to one thing, but then the thing happens now, the actual event happens and catches you by surprise though. So it's just, it's not like it fakes you out like, oh, well, you think something's going to happen here, but it doesn't. But it's all this kind of leading up in subtle ways to uh, what happens at the climax, right? So yeah, like even I might look at this moment and be like, well, this really do add anything to the show because really what happens right. is that well, Mookie clearly thinks that um, that Sal has eyes on his um, his um, younger um, his his little sister basically, right? And right. touching on what you said about Brian De Palma and Claude, the moments mm-hmm. where you're seeing Vito and Pino and well, mainly Pino and and um, and uh, Mookie staring down at, at, mm. at Sal is very it reminded me of um Scarface like that moment before um before Tony kills um his friend uh, you know where he right. had and he just zeroing in on the eyes you know what I mean it always reminds me of that like just how he builds tension how he built tension in that film right so that was really cool. I find then, this I do I do find this particular scene interesting because you can almost hear 
um, Spike Lee putting a pin in this is something he's going to come back to with Jungle Fever because right. he's kind of he's he's definitely like he's kind of like teasing at the idea as part of the overall like you were saying like all of these tensions building up towards this the climax, but you know the whole idea of interracial relationships especially between you know um, black African Americans and Italian Americans and like how what that looks like and the kind of how it's like a mutual it's a mutual distrust of those kind of relationships, but that's definitely, right. but you can almost hear him making a note like, Oh yes, come back to this. And then like, and then later we get jungle fever, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. yeah. So back, back to we boy now, um, reader Rahim, this is where we get the, the, the still funny as hell battery scene though. Yes. Right. It does touch on racism again because you know he's going to the Korean stores like, well, I want twenty D batteries, twenty C batteries, D motherfucker D, right? Right. Which yeah, again, I, makes me laugh. I, uh, I know, I know, like it no click for me where that Kanye West lyric come from. Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. She want these motherfucker these uh, Rosie yeah. Perez, right. right, right, right. Yeah, it's a yeah. reference to, to do the right thing. But yeah. I mean, yes, it's played for last. But once again, it kind of goes back to like what happened with um with uh, the me and you know the same Koreans again. Like, oh, let's pick fun of them because you know they say C instead of D, right? You know what I mean, but it's still a funny line, though. Uh, funny moment actually. And I like how kind of reasonable, well, kind of in and out of reasonable, reasonability. Um, oh gosh, uh, Rido Rahim is. God, first it's just like because when um when the owner says "motherfuck you," it's like you know what. Yeah, 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 motherfucker, you, right? It's like, yeah, um, put any batteries, but then he just goes back. It's like, yo, check the date. What was this to say? Marcha. What do you mean, marcha? Or you mean it's in March or whatever it is, right? And then nice. he even goes as far as having them take out the batteries out of the bag and check <laughs> how much it is. Like, <laughs> dog, like, come on. <laughs> Um, one scene in particular, which I at first eh, I was felt like didn't really add up to anything, was the scene where um, where Demir saves the kid from getting bounced from the um, by right. the um, ice cream truck. Like, at, like right. I don't know something about that was just like okay, this kind of dragon film doesn't add up to anything. I do like right. when um, the, the the mother comes in and beats him, and well, you know, uh, Demir's like, well, you know, you didn't have to go, you didn't have to beat him like that. And then she says, well, you know, I appreciate what it is saying, but you won't tell me how to raise my kid. Neither you right. or his um or, or his daddy. And right. like what you're saying, Claude, is almost like, you know, you're just putting a, a you know, putting a, a, a marker on it, like a point. Like, okay, I'm going to get to this soon enough, maybe with Crooklyn or some other film involving. <laughs> right. You know, right. Like that, right. But I while I was watching this, I was still like, but this had nothing to do with the story itself, though. It's just uh it's just a distraction. But then later on now, when you get to the eve when you get to um to dusk now, um there's a moment where um where mother mother sister, you know, is talking to um to um to the man as like I and she's like, yeah. I saw what you did there. That was that was right. that was very bold of you, you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean and it's like Oh, okay. She's trying to, to warm up to him a bit, and you know, it's ironic yeah. that it's at dusk and it's trying to cool down. It's like, okay, now she's less pissed at him. So I get, I, I kind of get where, um, why that scene was there, and then it kind of comes up a little bit later 
when the mayor steps in for a particular situation, right? But we'll get to that in a bit. Back to Mookie now. So right after the, the incident with Mookie, um, sorry, with Jay talking to, to, to Mookie now, you have this great moment. Sorry, Jay talking to Sal. We get this great moment where they go outside and, you know, Mookie's all like, you know what I mean? I don't like how he's looking at me. He's talking like he wants to hide the salami. And she's all like, you know what you're talking about and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> you could kind of tell, though, that they was just kind of bouncing off each other. Can have a couple of moments where you see the kind of giggling and laughing, you know what I mean? Because, you know, but like, it's, it's one of those moments they kind of let slide because, you know, they, 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 they're related, right? So it's not like, oh, they flubbed the lines or anything like that. But yeah, there's a moment where they kind of giggle, like, you know what I mean? Like, why are you being so angry and all that kind of stuff, right? And then you get one moment, one of those subtle moments, but I love it. And this is something that always blew me away about this movie, right? The whole tone that told the truth. Um, graffiti that you see on that wall for a man right. like spike right to come and put this point out without stopping you show to say oh this is what we're talking about right, right. And even for somebody like me who had no clue about who tawana brawley was and you know the rape allegations she had with uh, i believe it was four white men um that she accused of raping her right for spike to stop sorry not stop the show but to let the show flow and so yep. say hey she told the truth i love that and also because it was relevant, you know what I mean? It was literally happened um, two years before, well, you know, the movie itself, 1989, right? And I was like, wow, for a filmmaker to kind of touch on real-life issues in your fictional film blew me away, and it still does. Um, but in, in, in um, but the following scene, though, boy, Mookie, mm. boy, Mookie have real balls for to go back to your boss and be like, Dog, I really don't like what it is you do to my sister, Dred. I love yeah. Sal's reaction where it's like, dog, I I hope you're not thinking what I think it is you're thinking it through. And it's, um, I'm not sure which filmmaker did that. I'm not sure if it's Corsese, right? Or maybe Spike himself. Just the camera lingering on one person and then going back to the next person, back forth, like zipping. Um, I just always love that in terms of just that scene and just how it builds tension. But yeah, boy, for you to come in at your boss like that, you're like, jeez, right? That, that was crazy. <laughs> go back to your boss like that, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy, like, I don't blame Sal's reaction at all. You're like, you know, I try to... Dude, don't even go there. Don't even go there. And then was, we... Sorry, there go was one thing. No, there was one thing you said just now about... um about Spike Lee, like, addressing real-life events in this movie, or even, like, you know, acknowledging them and things like that. I have always appreciated about... And this was something that struck me about Black Klansman, where Spike Lee does love tying his movies directly into the... Like, even if it's a... So even something like Black Klansman, right, is a period piece, and Mm -hmm. it's set in the 70s. But Spike Lee doesn't give you the luxury of being able to say, oh, well, the, the, you know, it's a period piece. It happened back in this. This is not relevant now. Right. Yeah. And then the then end picture. Mm-hmm. The end that I know yeah. a lot a lot of the Academy got all pissed off about. And so, like, this oh, has I been love a cement. <laughs> tell me oh, yeah. Like, you, you can always tell you've done something right when the Academy gets uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> but no, he's always done. And I feel like Do the Right Thing was one of the earliest examples of this but he's always grounded whatever he was saying in like very relevant 
contemporary topics, you know? Right. And then every which is hilarious because we get told as filmmakers, right? We get told don't do stuff like that too pointedly because you'll make your film dated, like whatever, whatever. Yeah. But it's also amazing how well Do the Right Thing has aged, despite how yeah. pointed and mm-hmm. how direct he's making it. Like all by all the rules of filmmaking, we get told like, oh no, don't reference current events, don't do that. Like you're gonna make your film dated. And yet here we are in 2020 being mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Movie, yeah. Is, movie is very relevant, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Love the man. Right. And then we get uh, a genuinely, genuinely sweet scene. And it's yeah. actually one of two scenes with Spike Lee right. and Arrows right. which is so ironic. Right. Uh, as a right. Sericano is, yeah. is, yeah, it's his fantasy because, yeah. <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't say he just want to be with a Latina chicken. But anyway. Um, Right, as if you get Rosie Perez. Yeah, he gets Rosie Perez, right? And um, just just to be clear here, yes, he used the two takes of them kissing each other. It's right, not, yeah. it's not a it's a mistake at all. It's uh, it, it was yeah. intentional. He used two takes. Yeah. <laughs> I was yeah, like the first time I saw that, I was I was remember wait there. No, this is like so wrong with my discus also. Right, and then you yeah. have to see, well, he just it was a it was a stylistic decision why he why he did that. I don't know, but I mean, it, it yeah. works. This is nice. Um, and it's just basically just the two of them together. Um, he does the whole ice block scene. Um, you know right. what I mean? That just scene is sexy her. as hell. By the way, that scene, that scene is sexy as hell. Like, that kind of eroticism is somewhat difficult to pull off. Like, I was thinking about this and I was thinking about erotic thrillers recently and realizing that the reason so many of those movies don't work is that eroticism is sometimes awkward if you do it wrong on film so it's amazing how sexy the ice cube scene actually is like right again it's the spike again the spikely fantasy hour but it it does work because it it, you get a good sense of chemistry between the both of them anyway Um, and it's a nice cool down moment to it because um well also to um senior love daddy plays this nice chill army song in the background too so it, it fits everything there's this uh, 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 there's this film. I think it was Forty Days Without Dick or something along those lines. Um, I'm trying to remember the name of the film now, but there was um, a scene. Oh gosh, oh gosh, right, right. Um, where he, where the guy yeah, had he, to steam from he, sex for forty days, and it was right. the oh gosh with the ice block scene. I remember that. Yeah, he, well, it was an ice block. Or was it a feather? Because I remember, because in my mind, I'm thinking it was a feather. But that is what that reminded me of where he takes the the feather or something like that and he just kind of runs it across the length and breadth of her and so that sort of like i feel like spike does it better or like 40 days without dick was sort of inspired that scene in 40 days without dick was inspired by this um, oh, really? yeah okay. I, like like yeah. i really like that one well that that's that's the title sure but it's something what is it really something um not not 40 no that that we talking about we talking about that that one erotic thriller with Mickey Rourke. Oh no no no! Um, it's it's, it's no, a comedy. No, no, it's it's just, one of those two thousand okay. sex comedies. You know those were big back in the days. Well, back in two thousand. Oh actually. lord! Oh yeah. dark ages! I remember. Forty Sorry, days what? and forty nights. Forty days and forty nights. That's it. Forty days and forty nights. For some um, reason, I've said forty days without dick, but okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> right. So nice moment, right? So back to. Back to the to the store, back to South, right? Um, it was kind of funny seeing the two cops from before there, and also funny one of those you know 
way foreshadowing moments though where one of the guys will talk about uh you know maybe you should reopen the place called trump's pizza trump's plaza that's like sure. wow Ooh. and i got about this because i had these subtitles on i was like wait there trump's yeah, no. pizza uh, trump's pizza you know? they, they, uh, talk they talk about trump yeah. this. dude <laughs> wow. yeah, how did you do that when I think of Donald Trump, Donald Trump is Donald Trump is and well, was and still is Mr. Eighties guy, right? He is clearly from somebody from the nineteen eighties. So yeah, he's pretty big in the eighties. Um, that's when he started yeah. bringing his name and everybody thought you know he was like completely bullshitted about um, his Forbes list. <laughs> you know how much money yeah. he have even back oh, then. Yeah, yeah. Olympic. Remember, right? Yeah, this, this this was the era where he had that goddamn cameo in Home Alone too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh... I forgot about that. Just how, how can I forget about that? Um, yeah, and, right. Well, well, just to get back to Pino boy, Pino yeah. is such an asshole. Child. Like as soon as he comes, oh leave. Freddy Bar's like Pino, Pino, come inside. Let's, let's come inside. He starts to fight, right? And this is sort of fight with each other, right? And great long take here, right? And <laughs> Pino is like, you know, what I mean, black, white. No, 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 no. I, just, I don't know, like, even though what he's saying is bad, right? I just love the, oh, they're going to stab me in the back with his spear, like, ah, spear in the back. <laughs> Something about that, I just love Dread. And it's just the back and forth between the two, Dread, because Vito's all like, no, like, dog, when we talk about Dread, I, I, I have no problem with black people. And you know, well, Vito, sorry, Pino being who he is, like, no, but they're going to stab me in the back, Dread. But just such a powerful moment. And then, well, okay, yeah, then we'll... we be in this tight spot. So from a filmmaking perspective, totally works, right? Next scene now, you've seen Buggin and, um, well, Buggin out on Radio Raheem and Smiley. Well, sorry, it starts off with um, both Buggin and Raheem, though. Just sat up, just by a wall, you know, we Raheem doing this thing, playing fighting power. And <laughs> the, uh, the battle between the two of them is so, hmm. how to say, like... It's so um what's see what I'm looking for? So mm. one sided at the same it's so one sided, like you know like yo man, you know what happened today? Yeah. I, you know, Sal just you know, Sal got no black people in the war, man. And you know, um and Raheem is like on the string, man, yo, I, I almost had to bust his head, man. Man, you know what <laughs> I mean? And it's just so it, it, it's kinda childish at the same time that like, yo, this guy pick on me, dress, so you know what we gotta do, we had to go back for him go back. like just right so so right. so one note now, I mean, and then with with Smiley coming in too, that was funny as well. <laughs> and then well, what what makes it work though is well, the guy who's we we see we hear off screen talking about. Yo, I'll fuck you up quick, two times, three to times. So now we get to the to the infamous climax, right? Just kind of running through it, just making Ooh, sure I have all the facts, boy. right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, the, 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 the climax oh, really is what makes this film work, right? So, boy. And it's, so. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's, yeah. it's a lot. Yeah. So, let me breathe, right? So, starts off with Sal pretty much talking about, you know what? Today was actually a really great day, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when I heard that, I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah, this is about to, yeah. To start off that scene with that, boy, like, jeez, boy. And then you <laughs> go as far as talk about, you know what? I should reopen the place, call it Sal and Son. 
Right. Then afterwards, he look at Mookie and he say, "You know what, Mookie? You know we, you, you, you're such a good person, and I almost see you like a son, Tred." And then just priceless though. There's the camera movement. You're seeing um, Pino. Sorry, you're seeing Vito. Then looking at Pino because this is right after the argument they had in the storage room. And then to Mookie, and you, you could tell there's something off, Tred. And just from a camera um, camera movement perspective, I love that. I love that. Right. So you take it. Okay place you know deeds done they're gonna close up so then the four kids show up now it's like oh you know what i mean we're, we're hungry we want some food blah 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 right so they come in so here we have the witnesses right you open back up then buggin and raheem show up raheem oh, lasts boy. five hour and you know salbin sal is like you know turn that music off man and then buggin goes off and you know props to 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 john um to john carlo Sorry, go on. Yeah, John Carlo's performance in this though. The anger in that scene, boy, the anger that he gives off, boy. What I tell you about that noise? What I tell you about the pitch? What the fuck are you dead now? Are you? Fuck you! We want the black people on that motherfucking wall of fame now! Try to go fucking home and be all fucking day bugging out! Turn that jungle music off! We ain't enough! We ain't gonna be my jungle music! That performance, boy, that's that anger come on over. Okay, you could tell it comes from 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 a, from a deep place. It's not yeah, just yeah. activity for the sake of it. You could tell that what, you know he was drawing from 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 real life with that one boy. And it's just well, okay. So it's funny, like how the kids themselves, you know, when like like yeah, you know, we like you know, well when um. When Sal grabs the bat, now he's like, "Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, Raheem Jed." And then afterwards, well, when he brings up the when he actually uses the N word for the first time, it's like, "Oh, you know what I mean?" And it's how they view um, switch now, you know what I mean? And oh yeah, well, I remember Martin. Well, I think it's either Martin or Martin. Oh, we niggas now, you know what I mean? And then it, it's all about yeah, let me let me mess up um, Sal now. And it's, it's how Raheem. Sorry, it's um. All right, so Sal just goes off. He, you know, he he cusses out Raheem. Raheem gets pissed off, and then it's that that's it, though. That's just like the boiling point for Sal. Sal smashes the um, the boombox, and everything stops, though. And there's like this moment of silence, and it's like you could just this that the tension that builds. You could just cut that with a knife, though. It's just so so chilling. Like even even if you didn't know what's gonna happen next, like if you saw this for the first time. Just that silence alone, though, is just definite, in my opinion, right? And oh, yeah. Sal just had to come in and say, I just killed your fucking radio. And I like, just haven't seen, I haven't seen the show in a long while, though. This is Raheem's rea- um, reaction. Like, he picks up the the, the remains, though, the remnants like, of like his, the his boot box. Yeah, like, like, like you know, it's like cradling it's a, a child. Cradling it, and then he just goes off, though, like, my music! Pulls um, Sal from 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 the counter. This wheels on him do, and then starts choking him, Jen. And in the process, is chaos. Um, there's a moment where you actually see Martin say, "Oh my!" You know what I mean? But actually, real life, he really did get his eye hitter in that scene. So that All was right. that was true to life there. <laughs> and the fight pretty much goes outside. The mayor find um, well overhears what's going on. He comes in. He tries to break it up. So once again, going back like what happened with the kid. It's a good thing that they brought back the kid because the kid there was saying, fight! You know what I mean? So him, right. want, well, how I saw it, I forgot to mention this earlier, 
is going back to what he said to, to Mookie, doing the right thing. Him saving the kid earlier on to him was doing the right thing. So him, of course, trying to stop the fighters. Hey, I think I should do this. You know what I mean? I'm the mayor. I'm doing the right thing. So him coming in is like, break it up, break it up, break it up, right? Cops show up, including the two from before. And then while Sal on the ground, he getting choked now. So the police match pull Raheem off, right? Buggin gets ha- uh, handcuffed. And I always love the moment where he's being carried across to, um, well, actually before, well, before he actually goes, he's actually put inside the, the, the police car now. You know, he's complaining and all that kind of stuff. So now we get to, you know, the, 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 the scene of all scenes now. And this is where, yeah, you know, the boy. cops have Raheem at a chokehold. And yeah. it's just that shot of his feet, like, over, like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, just hovering over the, 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 um, the, the, um, the, the street, mm-hmm. just shaking, right? And Gary, you know, Gary, you know, the, 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 the same Caucasian couple I mentioned before, have him, you know, with the chokehold. But is his friend now, well, is, is his partner saying, Gary, that's enough. Gary, that's yeah, enough. Stop, stop, I mean, stop. Every time I hear that, though, it is just, it's just, it's just like punches to the gut. Like that whole sequence is just punches oh, God, to the gut. Yeah. one thing up next. You know, we the, the trio guy saying, you're killing him, right? And then it's like, no, no, no. You know what I mean? Just holding on to him. And then eventually, the, you know, Raheem dies. And it's when he drops to the ground now. And it's a, it's a close-up of his hand. You see the love rings. Once Oof. again, another punch in the gut. Another punch in the gut. Um, of course, this trips off everybody. Uh, bugging out, you know, he is just like shouting and cursing in the cups and all that. And then one great moment where he says, you know, me, I'm a black man, you can't kill us all, Dred. Like just that line alone by just just resonates with me, but and cops being who they are, it's like, you know, we 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 had to get him out of here and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So right after the um right after the drive off with um with bugging out and then, well, of course, they put um, Raheem in the back of another police car and they drive off. There's this nice wide shot where you see Smiley walk into the frame and he's crying, John, and like yeah. his movements and you know, this, this him not knowing what to do and how to process what's going on, Dredd. It's just, just so heartbreaking, Dredd. Um, and then, well, Spike, once again, just touching on, um, on you know, real-life matters at the time, you have this great um, dolly shot, right, where you're just seeing characters talking about you know, they bring up names like Michael Stewart, right? And Eleanor Bumpers, you know what I mean? Who also, yeah. you know, died at the hands of cops back then, right? And you're seeing Mookie, and you could you could kind of tell it's both Mookie and Spike at the same time. Just kind of watching everything, just silent, just don't know what to do. At the moment, he's, 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 he's standing right next to, well, the Vito and, you know, Pino and, and Sal, right? But then he moves over, like he just goes over to where the protesters are. I'm thinking, okay, he he he's gonna just, you know, complain. He's gonna, you know, he's gonna speak. You know, he's gonna support them now. But then eventually, he just well, okay. So, um, you have a moment where Sal says, and I kind of get where he's coming from, but it just kind of felt to me like spooning moment, kind of like I just really don't know what to say at the time. So he says, you you do what you gotta do. And everybody just flips soldier like dog. Oh, you could see yeah. that. And yeah. Smiley comes in and say, "What are the police was black?" Although I didn't really know what to say though, but for him to to spot that is like wow, but right. And Mookie is just watching all of this, right? And then we get to the controversial moment of the movie, the moment that there's, there's a little detail here 
makes this one of the most controversial movies of all time one and also kind of made certain critics and viewers believe now that if they watch the show that black people will do the same thing after mm-hmm. they see the show and that is grab a trash can and just throw it through that, that window <laughs> but it's what he says before he throws it too and this is once again Spike Lee doing you know kind of breaking the fourth wall in a bit you know saying hit and he throws it there now you know what I mean and then, of course, everybody runs in, starts to loot the place, you know, um, starts to throw stuff about, smash stuff, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's Sal's reaction, though, where he's like, that's my place! That's my place! And it's Pino, though. It, it, it's so ironic for him to say it, but kind of goes back to his detestment of black people, where he says, well, fucking niggas, right? It's like, jeez, boy, you know what I mean? And it's just seeing the three of them, seeing Pino and Vito and Sal, just stand up there silently, just watching all this kind of stuff, yeah. watching what's going on. Dread is it, it, it hurt man, it really hurt man. Like I know we we kind of had a despise Sal at this point in time, Dredd, but it's like what is the, is the end result of it? Do you can't you can't really blame them for the reaction, right? Um, when the police shoot, well, oh yes. Yeah, so then afterwards, you see Smiley comes in, and yeah, he he has he has, he has matches on him, right? So he lights a match, throws it in. Yeah, like yeah, light up the whole place. Everybody just cheering, and then mother sister who was by the window all the time comes on. It's like yeah, burn this place, burn this place to the ground. I was I was thought that was a really interesting moment of her, you know, coming out and you know you know um, supporting what's going on there. So then afterwards, the police firefighters show up, and once again, um, Spike doing you know the whole reference into real life matters. Every, you know, everybody says Howard Beach, Howard Beach. I remember the first time I saw it, first few times I didn't know it was about, and then when I actually read it up, it's like, oh, that's why, that's why he's saying that. And it makes sense, it doesn't feel dated at all, it's like just a powerful moment, right? And I'd admit, once again, gut punches keep coming, um, it's when the firefighters just had a aim, the, where they aim the hoses at the protesters. Yeah. Right? yeah. Oh, that, God. that is hard to watch, right? That is hard that's, to watch. That's difficult. And That's then there's rough. one one of them that says, Who's that black sucker down dread? I'm like, wow. Another moment that's just a gut punch at the same time. You gotta admit your boy girl Terry had another moment though. It's when mother sister just starts yelling. When like, she starts that, to scream. No. No. And then the mail. It's so sad, boy. My God. But it's just you know, right, like literally a minute ago, she's like, yeah, burn this down. And then for her to be yelling, it's just such a powerful moment. And then, of course, well, the mayor coming to, to calm her down. I just, just really, really love that moment. Um, and then, last thing, last thing, last, before we get to your thoughts on just that scene, just that sequence alone, um, you hear fight the power for the last time. And this is where um, Smiley's still inside the, inside the um, South Pizzeria. And finally, he posts that that he puts up that picture of Malcolm X and um, Martin Luther King on the wall. And it's just that final shot of him looking at it and smiling with the fire behind him and hearing that song. And then it just cuts to black. Brilliant. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. Brilliant everything. That's that whole sequence. Just from timing to shots to execution to emotional weight, though, is just brilliant, in my opinion. So, yeah. um, Any thoughts on this particularly rough scene in the movie it's oh man so i feel like re-watching that re-watching this movie as a whole but then especially that scene this week 
Lee understands how, first of all, I mean, Lee understands and has always seemed to understand, understood how police violence stuff happens, but then also riots and like how riots get started and like how, because I love how you spend all day with this little community, you get all these little tensions and you have all this, um, all these little, all these little factors. And then there's all these things that have been going on. And then all it takes is this one, this one moment. It all basically like just, it's, it's drop cops outside. Uh, no, all it takes is this one moment of like dropping a match on that gunpowder. And then the whole thing, just all the tensions, everything that's been, everything that has been foreshadowed and hinted at and built up all day just goes off all at once. And then it becomes confusing and it becomes loud. Like the sound mixing for this scene where it's just this, it's this soundscape of absolute chaos from the minute, um, from the minute Radio Rahim and Bugging Out walk in there, the whole sound design of this sequence is, it's chaotic and it's wild and it's, and it's intense. And then just showing the violence the moment when Rahim gets killed, which is, it's so, I mean, I think Lee himself pointed out just how uncomfortable, like, how uncomfortably similar um, Radio Rahim's death is to the way George Floyd was killed. Yeah, and, right. I mean, and, 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 which is, which is easily, like, which, which makes it even more difficult. Um, there's so many... And, it, and it's, and it's, and like, even, like, that moment where it escalates, like, there's a great there's this there's this kind of precipice moment, if I remember, where um, where um, the mayor is facing the crowd. This is before Mookie throws the trash can, and the mm. mayor is turning to this crowd, and he can see that they're on edge. He can see that they're angry. He can see that they're that he can see the tension, and he and he says, "Now let's let's all go home. Let's all go yeah, home be, before be, we before things get loose. Let, let's yeah, yeah before let's before all, yeah, before, before we do something that we all because, regret." And he. And he's and he and he has this moment, and then they start getting more restless, and then of course Mookie chooses hate. Like remember earlier, where he's talking about the choice, and he's talking up where where Radio Rahim's talking about love and hate, and Mookie chooses hate and throws it through the screen, throws the trash can through that window, and then they trash the place, and then fire happens, and then of course more authorities show up, and like. Again, talking about how much Lee understands these things as only a particularly active, you know, you know, socially active African American man in the United States can. Just how the how how the official response so quickly turns to violence, like how quickly they turn the hose on the protesters while they're trying to stop the place mm-hmm. burning down, and like that decision doesn't even it doesn't even take them that long to make that decision, and it's it's. It's it's rough, and I feel like it's it's definitely an like I feel like in in his way in in the way it has aged, Lee is kind of giving us an inside look into because I feel like a lot of times when these kind of riots and stuff break out, a lot of people are like, "Whoa, that escalated quickly!" Like I remember, I don't know if anyone else felt this, but I remember seeing the news that George Floyd had died and like hear, seeing the footage, making the rounds on online and all that other stuff. And, you know, it was sad and I was upset. But then when the riots started and then how quickly they started, how quickly they spread, how everyone was talking about it, like it, it felt yeah. like we went from zero to 100, you know, like it, like we, yeah. were, we went we shifted and Lee captures how quickly that change happens. 
in a brilliant way in this entire scene and it it gives you it gives you remarkable insight into it it's also a weird like this fun little detail well not fun little detail but i remember talking to someone about because we were talking about how if you think about it why have all the biggest riots especially in the u.s but like all the big like race related riots have always happened at in, like in the summer like even the even the right. la riots broke out in the summer <laughs> and lee again and again lee captures answers that question with like you know it's hot everyone's irritable everything's on edge every every little beef right. everyone right. has with each other is everything that normally goes under the surface is brought to the surface mm -hmm. and so everyone Everyone is upset. Everyone's on edge, and then every and then all it takes is one little thing, and it sets people off. No, it's one of those things that's been simultaneously rewatching it. It's simultaneously difficult to watch because of how timely it is and how much Lee predicted certain things, but also gives you remarkable insight. I also think I also just like side note. But I do love the whole exchange with the with the Koreans in the Korean shop across the street. Oh yeah, yeah. Well. I know white. I know white. Me black. Yeah, I'm not white. Like, like, and like and like it's it's amazing how the how the protesters like, like you can tell they they almost kind of form this mob and they almost turn and they're almost about to trash their place too. And then it it I don't and like it's only because of like the fact he's holding this big broom and he's like appealing to the fact that you know I've been oppressed as well like we're not n none of us are winners here like you can't you can't come after me i'm not I'm, I'm i'm oppressed too i'm just trying to make a living don't trash my place like that kind of thing no yeah. it's 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 the thing that the movie has been building towards and lee handles it masterfully i love it to bits right oh my God. Uh, yeah tracy any any thoughts quick thoughts on um the scene yeah no there's there's two things that two main things that sort of crossed my mind one the police officer who's telling his friend that's enough um yeah, right random random thing that that particular officer would later become the station chief in station 19 but as another high story scene all by itself um but i like i i watch it now and i i ask myself um uh, you know for why are there no or are there any police officers who would see this sort of violence going on, see being it in having it inflicted by your 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 fellow officer, and is telling them to stop. And I yeah. I, I saw that shot of like the 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 four officers because we know the one guy who has his 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 knee on George's neck, but I'm mm -hmm. saying where where was the stop? No, push him aside. That's enough from the that, rest. That, that's of true. Them. Yeah. Cause it and was just that, the guy, um, the the um, guy, well, watching me, sorry, recording the video, yeah. and the person next to him. Um, those were the only two people here. Everybody else, including that that one Asian cop, just stood there. Just, just stood around. So I, 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 that is a thing that kind of crosses my mind when I look back at it. And then I think about seeing the the the, the firefighters turn their hose on them, and I remember watching TTT growing up and uh, they're talking about like apartheid and seeing uh, documentaries and stuff on like the protests and seeing everything happening and the hoses on like normal people and those hoses are not like you know it's not it's not your garden hose of water that is coming this is something that the force that it's coming at you it can actually do some measure of damage and that really riled me up um, and it still mm -hmm. riles me up. 
it, it continues to rile me up when I think when I think about it. And having mother sister come back and like scream, I yeah. felt that deep within me. And that for me, those are the two, well, three things actually. Those are the three things that kind of stand out for me. That and of course when they're lifting him up to put him in the uh, uh, Rahim to put him inside, because there's that there's 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 a sister who died in police custody, um, uh, so. in in her jail cell, and I mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm imagining I'm thinking about that whole sequence as well because I'm like how are you going to explain that, Sandra, and, and Sandra, and and I'm wondering how are you going to explain that as well? What what's the the logic that you're going to use because it is a basically a dead man in your car. What are you going to? How are you how are you going to rationalize this thing? Right. That is that. That's what sticks out for me. Right. Uh, Ricardo, quick thoughts on that. Yeah. You know, scene. Well, Claude, 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 pretty much cover everything that uh, uh, I would have probably said. Um, yeah. Uh, no. So, so to address, um, to address, well, the Tracy point out on the whole, or how come it just you know, you know, say that's enough or whatever it is, especially in the case of the George Floyd situation, is that, yeah, that's, that's kind of the root of the issue here. I mean, it's just such a, um, you know, such a, this, this whole thin blue line, police protecting other police, um, you know, as always make the joke, you make the joke that, you know, if a hundred cop, you have a hundred good cops and one bad cop and all of them protect that one bad cop, then you have a hundred and one bad cops. You know, that's the problem, right? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, there's, um, this, this, this in this movie, it, it makes a case for for the, the quote unquote good cop. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, he 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 take it up on himself to just keep choking this dude out. Uh, but till he die, yeah, yeah. yeah again, he had, he's doing it so much force. He lifted up somebody as big as Rahim, right? Mm-hmm. You know, a man the size of Bill Nunn, be lift up of all of his feet there. Uh, yeah. So as he as he had that. Uh, but the, yeah, the, the, the scene is, is very, very well done. It, it builds, escalates really good, excellent. I mean, it's, I think it's all three types of, of editing techniques going on at the same time. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, good, good rhythmic editing, good, good, good um, template editing. And fill, fill, it does fill it up the, the scene and the thematic nature of the editing as well. And yeah, that final shot with, with um, oh, the character name, I forget his name. Smiley. Smiley, right. Uh, yeah, just that last shot that they cut at him smiling, and it, it's this weird dark irony going on with the, with the picture. Uh, yeah, yeah, they make it work, um, it, yeah. it, it's built very, very well. Um, yeah, and, and it, just to touch out that, that character quickly, just to touch out that yeah. character quickly, right? I do love that you know, this this one person that you was laughing at, like, oh, like, was the point of this smiley character? Right. Look at the simple thing that he does, and yeah, it's simple yeah, yeah. to him, but at the same time, like, this is what all this. You know, was was a, was was all about putting that picture on that wall, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they just yeah, get it built so well to to, to call me. It's just a, a nice punctuation at the end of the scene. And well, that's the thing. I, I really forgot the film because I always thought you know in my head I remember seeing it, and in my head I always thought it was a um like a real pro black movie kind of thing and it you know everybody else but it, the way how it frames itself everybody's kind of to blame in terms of not as not de-escalating the situation not doing what they had to be doing like i really thought oh well this movie actually actually frames things a lot more more nuanced than i remember like I, I, it's a lot more nuanced than i remember just watching it for this now mm-hmm. um as a film you know again i say it's very di- didactic but it's also reasonably balanced in terms of what what they were trying to tell and do in terms of the, the aspects of the story and it, it it in itself is conflicted about what it 
is trying to say, not confused, but conflicted in terms of what approach you take in terms of solving and addressing these problems. Because we in the real world are still conflicted about it, right? Mm. We don't have a clear answer, obviously. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so I, I like how they, they, they address that in it. And well, if the last couple of scenes are the final scene of the movie, does this and handles the situation quite well um, as a final shot. So yeah, we could go on to the next scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I love the following she um well, call it a soliloquy, if you will, from um Love Daddy, right? Where the scene right. the the rubble basically just the aftermath of you know what happened with the riot, right? And not gonna say the whole thing, but I just love what he says, Are we going to live together? Together are we going to live. Like just right. it's very it's Yoda-ish at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> in, in how simple he says it, but at the same time or but at the same time though it just makes so much sense, right? Um, and then we get, well, the, the final, well, sorry, the second and last moment that you'll see between uh, Mookie and Tina, right? Because, yeah, Mookie more or less sleeps over at Tina's place, right? Right. And it's him basically talking about, well, you know, I had to go and get my money, I had to get my 250 I had to get paid. And who just cussing them out, like, you know, you need to be a man and all that kind of stuff there. And <sighs> so ironic, though, because this is really what, what's, what he was touching on. With the relationship where you know you have these guys who just you know quick to get a girl knocked up and then you you don't really you're, you're not capable of of handling that that family and then well eventually you leave or leave for long periods of time just to get you know just to get the money to come back so it kind of relates it away to like what um oh gosh like what uh the mayor was talking about with you know seeing your kids hungry and all that kind of stuff so i, I love yeah. that that um that contraster so Last scene, though, where, where you see you know, the sister and um and the mayor himself. I love the crane shot for this because mm. it basically starts from the bedroom and just zooms out and right. stops at Mookie. Like just that camera movement alone from inside the building through the window. Once again, I was seeing about windows and then on to, to, to Mookie. I love that, right? And then we get the final scene, which, yes, yeah, still is one of my favorite moments of any Spike Lee movie ever, Jordan. I just love how it's just these two conflicted points of view. You get where they're coming from, but it's just them come to a head, right? So it's basically Mookie come to, well, heads back to, to Sal, or what remains of Sal Pizzeria. Um, Sal is there just sitting mm -hmm. down, you know, defeated. And it's like, what do you want? You know, I, I, I want to get my, my money, and you know, we got to get paid, right? It's like, you don't work here no more. It's like, dog, well, you still owe me 250 so got to get paid, right? And here's the ticker. Like, I love just like if 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 there's one piece of writing in the whole movie that I love, it's just this moment. Cause yeah. oh yeah, what they're seeing is so straightforward, so blunt, but it's what's underneath now. So you know, so I, I always say Spike. So you know, uh, Mookie talking about you know, I mean I want to get paid. Uh, I mean, but two fifty, right? It sounds you know, like oh, well, this is all you studied about. Like, you don't even care about what happened the night before, but it's like. Yeah, I mean, that's what I have. That that's why I work it towards. Right, it have nothing else for me. So, and he also brings up the fact that hey, you know, I mean, you can always get the money back. Like you have insurance, now, so you have nothing to worry about. You're still good. But at the same time, for Sal, because he mentions before when he was talking to, to Pino that, um, oh well, this is all I have. This is all I could do. So it's not like I could just build, rebuild Sal's pizzeria and hey, problem solved. It's like you took a part of me, so I can't just build it back. I might as well just head back um, to to Benson Hills and you know just 
live the rest of my life out. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's hard for him to really get back, um, get 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 back on his feet now. But you understand from a from a person like like Mookie, oh, it's easy for you because you're richer. So that's why, yeah, that's why for me money matters. That's why, yeah, you gotta give me my two fifty because I don't have as much money as you. You know what I mean? So I just dug that dynamic now. Um, oh, it's so good. There's a great. I don't know if anyone else has seen the trailer for Spike Lee's Masterclass, but since I can't, <laughs> since I can't, since I can't afford Masterclass, I, I just watched Spike yeah. Lee's trailer for Masterclass over and over. But there's a great <laughs> moment where he's like, he actually talks about that scene a bit, and he's like, you know, what makes this scene powerful is that they're both right. So what happens yes. when you have two yes. when when you have two characters arguing, and each one has a point, and your audience doesn't quite know. Like the audience doesn't have a clear. It's it's what makes um, Captain America: Civil War work so well because you can't yep. point to a side and say that person mm-hmm. is right. You have to kind of right. look at both, listen to them argue, and try and figure out which one you think is the closest to being correct. And right. it's some of the most. It's, it's one of the reasons why that is such a powerful scene, honestly. Yeah, and uh, well, you're right. And and speaking of powerful, though, Danny, Danny's meltdown in this moment, though, with. <laughs> This ain't about money. I could give a fuck about money. You see this fucking place? I built this fucking place with my bare fucking hands. Every light socket, every piece of tile. Me with these fucking hands. Every yeah. time I hear that, I just yeah. always feel like somebody just squeezing my heart. Dude. I feel oh, yeah. that rage. I feel that pain. But, and it, you know what I mean? It's not like, oh, well, I'm, I'm a millionaire. So, you know what I mean? And no, it's like that. You can tell the man who worked for everything, Trent. Yeah, yeah, he has the insurance, but at the same time, you can but tell. He poured yeah. everything into that business, yeah, exactly. Trent. Right. And it just went. So when he just lets loose, it really works, too. And once again, you know what I mean? You're right. Both both characters are right. So he says, well, you know, Mookie says, motherfucker window, Raider Rahim is dead. I understand. Right. I get points. Okay, cool. But, and... Eventually, they just come to this very, very rocky truce, too. And I just love right. where Sal says, um, it's going to get hotter today. What are you going to do right. with yourself? Mookie says, go get that money. Get paid. And dog, I don't even blame him. I do right. not blame him at all for seeing that, right? It makes sense. Like, if that's what I had to do to improve my life, then yes, yeah, so be it. I had to get paid. Sorry. <laughs> it's... Sal's reaction though, where he just like, okay, cool, you you, you want your money, all right, cool. And he just rolls up these five yeah. uh, hundred dollar bills and throws it at him, yeah. And I just love where Sal, where Mookie's like, you know what, just take two and you know, I'll give you back your fifty, right? Um, and look, I, I just love what he says, you you, I just I need to get back to my, I need to get back to my kids, right? So right there is like, yo, like. Uh, Mookie actually shows a bit of character growth near the end, so yeah. it's not just solely about him making that money and ignoring his his baby mama for weeks and then checking she one day out of the month. It's like, look, I kind of need to go back to my family trend. So that's why I love the little moment where he picks back up the um, the two cultural bills and leaves. Because like, yeah, it's not about him anymore. It's about him and Tina and his child. Love that. Kind of, love that. Love that. That whole. Sal pulsing the money scene for me was almost like you know what you're you're an animal, or you know your your people are animal are already animals. So I'm just going to throw it, 
at you, that kind of vibe. I mean, it, oh, that, that's a good point, actually. I didn't think about know, it like that. You, you go like, ready on animals, like, here, just I, I don't have the respect to give it to you, yeah, go fetch. Yeah, so, that's that's mm, a really good point, though, for real, for real. Point. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I just love that that Mookie would take up do you know the 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 two hundred dollar bills and be like, yeah, well, I might as well, you know what I mean? You give me five hundred dollars, right. I'm not working for you anymore, so best I use that to you know take care of my my my, my baby mama and my kid yeah. until I find another job. So I love that, right? And just the fact that they just kind of leave knowing a little bit of each other, knowing a little bit of where they come from in this situation, whilst even whilst they haven't really rectified anything, I love that. Um, you get the you know some nice closing words from um, senior love daddy, and you know once again, well you know just being how relevant with with time with you know the times back then, register to vote. The elections coming up, you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. Yes. So you know, right. Unless the, violent the mayor is not the tolerating yeah. property damage and all that kind of right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, and it, you know, when I heard that, I was like, yeah, this is exactly the same stuff that they're hearing right now. You know, after what happened with um with George Floyd, you know, what I mean, elections coming up. So yeah, make a change there. You know, what I mean, and then we get the the, the final text. This is crawl. Basically, yeah. it's two quotes which I love, 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 love. Right. First off, from um, uh, Luther King, right? So basically, what he's saying is that um, violence as a means of achieving racial justice is impractical and immoral. You humiliate your opponent instead of understanding him. Malcolm X, right. however, says, well, you know, you have to bring an end to bad people in America because they use their power to bring down, you know, good Americans, right? But it doesn't right. mean that he ad- advocates violence, but he's not against using violence in self defense. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even call it violence. He calls it intelligence. intelligence. I just I love right. how it just stops with the with the photo of right. Martin and MLK. And it's just like, you know, Spike telling the audience, look, what do you, who, 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 um, this, this, who do you choose then? Who do you think is yeah. more right than the other? And I just love that the movie ends like that. This, just right. one last thing I just want to mention before I get to my last week, right? So the song that they play at the end, um, Never Explain Love, this is from um, Algero, the, the great Algero. Yeah, for brilliant, you. beautiful song, beautiful way to end the movie. And uh, this one thing about this song that I really love, though. See, last minute of that song or the last minute and a half, the strings, the string section in that yeah. song alone, by bring the man tears out of me. It is just so <laughs> beautiful, though. And like thinking about like what you saw in the movie, it's like that kind of. You went through this emotional ride, and now it's like, okay, it's over. Now you can kind of breathe, now you can relax, but now it's time for you to really reflect about what happened. You know what I mean? And just thinking about like the end of the movie, it's like, okay, that event happened, but life still goes on. You know what I mean? There's still life that you have to live. So you learn from it, and you move on, pretty much, right? Even though it's, it's going to be hard for some people, right? But that's all I have to say about that song. I just love that song. So, closing words and rating on the movie, right? So, um, yeah, boy. This is a show that over the years really, really grew on me, right? And while I wouldn't go as far as saying this is, like, the best Spike Lee movie ever, like, we could argue that it's either this or Malcolm X, right? But I haven't seen Malcolm X in a long while, so maybe I just need to check this over, check over that movie and then I can make my decision. But just to talk about as a film, as a film itself, yeah, this is one of the best films, like, I've ever seen though um 
just this is your third film and you are taking this risk because yeah they were going into uncharted territory with this one talking about race in this explicit but not too explicit kind of way like really addressing issues like that um having this climax be you know the death of a black male at the hands of cops and you know me just blurring the lines over who is really right in this decision and just the title alone do the right thing because really and truly did anybody really do the right thing in the movie mm-hmm. i mean it's not right. too, uh, you're not really too sure and you know this little side um segue here even to this day i believe um people come up to spike and ask you know, well, did Mookie do the right thing? You know what I mean? And all that kind of stuff. Yep. And um, and it, 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 even to the point that people still ask him, well, even at the time when the movie came out, they asked him, well, you know, why did this guy that, you know, we were, we were kind of following, why did he do this? Why did he throw the can and all that kind of stuff? And as Spike says in his own words, Spike threw the can because his friend Radio Rahim got killed. That's it. That's Has it. nothing to do with you know breaking down sal you know what i mean or i hate sal it's because radio rahim was killed that's why he did it he reacted in rage that's why he did that um and it's a shame though that as he well as he mentioned too no black person ever asked him that question why mookie truly can only white people did it only white people asked him that question so think about that for a sec right but yeah though um going into uncharted territory telling a story like this um, and just the backlash, because yeah, people thought that oh, you were trying to say that oh, eventually we're gonna have all these riots in the states because people uh, you know hate racism all that kind of stuff. And then Spike will come in and say, well, you really think my film is gonna do this? You really think so? And look yeah. at like all these movies and they always cite like Arnold Schwarzenegger films. Like look at all these action movies. Right? You're not gonna say oh, after somebody watches one of those films, you're gonna get a gun and start shooting people down, right? So why you think because a guy, a black man, take a trash can and throw it in a in a pizzeria window, you think all black men are gonna do the same thing? Mm. So it's just that confrontational vibe. You could tell that Spike was in that zone, that like he wasn't afraid, you know, to respond to comments like that. You know what I mean? Even though some of those he regrets mm. later on, but still is like, look, this is the story I wanted to tell, right? Um, but at the same time, it's not all gloom and doom. I love how vibrant it is, how colorful it is. You know what I mean? There's moments of humor, moments of joy, but yes, there's poignant moments, really dark, depressing moments. And it's just how it all blends in this day, in this particular day that we just seen here. Um, acting is stellar across the board, even when it's just, you know, extras and side characters. Everybody comes in, yeah. do their job. Um, the music is brilliant, just using Public Enemies, Fighting Power is brilliant. The music by Billy, brilliant. Everything works in this too. And last but not least, I just love just the characters, just how everybody feels, you know, realistic. You know what I mean? It feels like this is a lived-in neighborhood, and we're just here to just see how it could just go all sideways in throughout the course of a day, right? Um, but yeah, the messages in this film ring true, and I'm just glad that I was able to rewatch this. I, I know it's off of, you know, unfortunate circumstances, but it just really all goes to show just how powerful this movie is and just how powerful art is as a whole. That's being able to take what you can do and present a perspective though, present different perspectives and just kind of persuade the audience or whoever's viewing this to judge it on their own. Because yeah, at the end of the day, everybody is not black or white. They agree. So it's not like, oh, well, Sal's the one, is his Sal's fault or it's Raheem's fault or whatever, right? 
everybody is so complex, so well developed that, yeah, you know what I mean? For years to come, people will analyze the show and be like, oh, well, was Rookie right in this? Blah, blah, blah. And that's just testament to how great this movie is. So, five out of five, see this movie before you die. This is a real deal. And yes, 31 years from now, 31 years from the, from the moment, from the time this movie was released, yes, it still holds up. If you haven't seen this movie, make it a must. Unless movies of this particular nature or subject matter is in your cup of tea, then yeah, avoid it. But if you if you are angry, you know, if you, if you really do have that rage about what's going on right now, yeah, give this a look. And if you haven't seen it in a long while, yeah, definitely check it out because, yeah, it still holds up. Uh, Ricardo, last words and rating on Do The Right Thing. Yeah, uh, as I said, it, it, you know, it's one of those films that just ages very surprisingly well. Um, you know, it, yeah, it have a little, little, little goofiness and dumb jokes. And, and, and as Claude mentioned earlier, there's a, a certain amount of impressionism and surrealism that gels with the film somewhat, but it makes a lot of sense in the context of it being in the hood. Um, in my opinion, at least, you know, characters have nicknames and, and statements and, and the framing and structure of it falls together quite well. Um, and yeah, ultimately for me, um, because of the relevance of the story and, and again, well, you know, it's perfect timing that we're doing this. Um, it holds up in more ways than one than you think, because it's all more about structural issues and not just police and people melting down in, in one bad day. It's, it's more... It's building up a lot earlier than that, and, and Spike had a lot to say for that. And yeah, film techniques woke up. Um, acting, as you say, you know, holds up quite well. Framing, yes, yeah, so all this stuff with the windows again really, really holds up for me. And yeah, as I say, I, I give this one a, a more or less up. Next up, perfect score. I'll give it like a nine point five out of ten, ten out of ten, close to, but more like nine point five. Um, as I say, money, money issues, slight issues is where stuff had to kind of just stop dead to tell you thing. We can make that flow a little better, but that's about it. Uh, for me, right, it, right. it's next perfect content on that. Um, so yeah, that's nice. Uh, Tracy, last words and rating on do the writing. Uh, I'm I'm going to um, do the um, punctuous pilot thing and say I find no fault um, with this film. <laughs> I yeah. I like the, I I really don't I I I'm giving it an A plus. Um, nice. Primarily, nice. I, I I really give it an A plus. I find everything that was told about this film, the, everything in which this film is presented is beautiful, it is relevant, and to be honest with you, that is the thing that kind of... I, I, I really wish that we had lived in a... that we live, rather, in a society where this could be a movie that we see that shows us how humanity of the past was but the fact that we are still mm. you know we're in 2020 and we have to still have the same you know choking and the same scenes and the same who is right and who is wrong and here's a perspective that you know that is something in and of itself for me i uh, i i did crack up I, I will admit that i did crack up seeing a very young martin because my intro to martin <laughs> was his well you know was martin yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so seeing uh, a Fresh Prince Martin ish um, yeah. was was like that was real high. Um And as for like Samuel's character, um, there there's a there's a tout or was a tout uh, in um, in Arima. Whenever he's trying to get people to come into the maxis, trying to get people to to jump into the maxis and stuff, he's always spewing 
on the spot poetry. And so for me, that was, so I was like, oh, this is hilarious. But it's really a good film. And I would even say, even if it's not your cup of your your cup of tea, even if it's not necessarily something that you, because I don't necessarily like to be in an angry mood. Um, so I, I will go and watch something else that might give me uh, more of a different type of an emotion. Mm-hmm. But even if it's not, I think this is something that is, this is a film that is important. It is a film that you should see, um, I'm going to say at least twice, because if you glossed over something, you should go back and look at it again at some point in time. Um, and yeah, it's 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 just good. And, you know, for someone who still has a, a, a good few bits of Spike Lee to get into after all this time, um, I, I very much love this. I very much love this film. So that's me. A plus. Nice, nice. Claude, last words and rating on Do The Right Thing. So, one of... So, I mean, I feel... I agree with everything that everyone has said. You know, abs- perfect perfect film. I mean, for me, it's the kind of... It's the most important kind of perfect. Because I don't believe that any film is perfect. But the overall... It overall works so well that any of the tiny issues are not big enough to de- de- detract from it in a major way. Right. So, I would definitely give it a perfect... Uh, no, it's absolutely perfect. One of my all-time favorites. I think, and going off that, I think it's a particularly good film. I mean, like Tracy said, I wish I could live in a world where I could say, "Ah, oh, man, this is dated. Ah, oh, man, it, it's not that bad anymore. Like, yeah. um, it's, I will say, what I like about it is that it's definitely a nice middle ground as far as a movie about racial injustice and racism and colorism and all that stuff goes like it's definitely it's i put it in a similar category to taika waititi's jojo rabbit it's a movie that handles ah, a very right. difficult subject yeah. but it helps you through with it so you know so so it, it, it's not like so you look at something like jojo rabbit that handles an incredibly difficult subject but it helps you handle that subject unlike something like schindler's list that pulls no punches do the right yeah. thing is a movie I would compare with something like, oh, 12 Years a Slave, which is a visceral, brutal right. movie that's difficult to watch and revisit. But Do the Right Thing has enough... It, it, it helps you process. Like, Spike Lee is not a compromising human being, and I love that about him. And one of the things I love about this film is how many filmmaking rules he just kind of gleefully breaks. Like, he doesn't, yeah. he, he doesn't pick between realism or surrealism he doesn't he uh he 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 deliberately grounds it in subjects at the time that are you know trending topics as it were he breaks all these rules he doesn't hold back he doesn't compromise but he still handles this difficult subject but also helps you through it it's it's at a time when with all the shit happening one of the trending movies on Netflix is The Help. Like, I wish oh, I could yeah. go to all those. I wish I could go I, to I, those people. I, no, go ahead. No, I was like, everybody's moms, please stop. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> no, same. Oh, like, you're thinking of all those people that are like, oh, I need to learn about racism. I'm going to go watch The Help. And I'm like, dude, I wish Come I could on. just on, loan man. my copy of Do the Right Thing to everyone in turn. Yeah, for real. I mean, at least, at, at least. I need I need to see it. Um, I was gonna watch it, but um, I was gonna watch this flick 
this particular flick, but my parents loaned me the book instead. But I haven't seen Malcolm X yet, but it's right. on Netflix. And so I'm saying, like, why are you all watching The Help? Malcolm X is right there. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you. Like, you want to learn about racial injustice in America. Malcolm X is right oh. there. What are you doing? But no, <sighs> I... But no, I honestly do the right thing is a movie I do recommend to people when if, if people who people who are watching the stuff happening right now with surprise do the right thing is a good movie to recommend, I think. Yes, 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 totally do. And yes, folks, um, if you have seen the film, you know, feel free to let us know what you thought about it. Do you think it still holds up to this day or do you just think it's just a product of its time? Um but and I would say though that if you if you agree on the latter, um, all all four of us will, you know, pretty much come down hard and you and be like, nope, no, 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 it still holds up to this day. It, it is very, very, very relevant. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever this is. This was Match Bailey and Ricardo Medina. And Claude Lilford. Howdy. And Tracy Hutchins. Be well. And this was another episode of Retrospect Reviews. So until the next one, take care, fight the power, Black Lives Matter. Be kind to, be kind to each other. <laughs> please, Hello. please. Take in 2020, care. Dog, 2020, it, it's it's crazy out there, everybody. <laughs> Jeez, for real. <sighs> yeah. To take a break. Jeez. Yeah, boy. <laughs> All right, guys, take care. Peace. Solar flares and Godzilla's nuts. <laughs> no, listen. There was a there was a news report. I was telling somebody recently. There was a news report of an asteroid the size of whatever that was passing oh, by the Earth. I know it was it was, it was one of those one of those like like, like like it was like it was a stadium or something like that. But I, I remember, and this is not a good thought to have. But I was so, I was so fed up with twenty twenty that when I saw asteroid was supposed to pass, my first thought was, oh thank God, you know just. <laughs> just <laughs> I say, I say, uh, as big the joke is that the Justinian calendar, calendar was off by eight years. So, yes, so, so. yes, it's twenty twelve. Yeah, apparently, oh, right. someone, someone forgot to carry a number. Right, uh, but, but twenty twenty has, has has been rough indeed. So yeah, let's just let's be careful out there. Just take 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 some words of advice from Mister Senior Love Daddy and chill. That's the word of the day. Chill, right? So, chill. till the next oh, one. God. Take care. Peace.